from downtown, this is Tim Kitscher from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we're going to celebrate the Switch's fourth anniversary by talking about rumors of a new Switch, and we got Martin here from N64 Today to talk about Conqueror's 20th anniversary. I am Matter. I am Antimatter. I can see your past. I can see your future. I consume time. And I will consume you. Can't wait for the new Switch Super Pro XL Plus rumors to begin. Super uh, Nintendo Switch Pro plus <laughs> Becky. Plus Becky. Welcome to That's where Becky went. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 261, your place for anniversaries and Nintendo Switch Pro rumors. And this week, we are your hosts. I'm Trey, Teddy Terminator Johnson. I'm Jeremy, memory cards are important, Mikowski. I'm John, Michigamer Knitter. And this week, we have special guest... Martin Megawatts from N64 Today. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, nice, nice to see you again. It has been It has been a while. It's been a yeah. long time. It's been since uh, the Legend of Zelda anniversary, the Ocarina of Time anniversary. So it's been a minute. It's been it's been a long time, but thanks very much for having me back, guys. It's been it's great to be here. I couldn't think of anybody else I would rather celebrate the Conqueror's twentieth anniversary with. So <laughs> that's very kind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We're, I know we're a little late, but we were had to record early last week as well. But it's still to me, it's still the twentieth anniversary of Conquer. It's a uh, it lasts for at least a month, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> at least yeah, Talker's probably one. just waking up from the anniversary, so you know it still counts. And, and, <laughs> and everyone's in everyone's heart, it's still uh... can be the year of Conquer, like the year of Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> that would I mean, be that would be nice. Yeah, I don't know. Get drunk every day. <laughs> I say twenty twenty was the year of Conquer, really. Yeah, right. Everything just <laughs> everything going badly. Hopefully not as bad, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think quite a few uh, quite a few drinks were needed to get through it at points. So um, yeah, live like conquer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give uh, give no fuck about life whatsoever. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll get it. We'll get into that later. But uh, I think uh, since you've been on, you've uh, you got a switch now, right, Martin? You were, have you were in, in the switch world. I have. Yeah, I. I w- I, I I knew that you guys would have me back one day, and I was like, I need to get a switch because you know, <laughs> they asked me a load of questions about it. I need to actually be able to answer them. So yeah, now I have. I got a I got a switch, uh, light, a, a lovely little yellow one uh, at the. Uh, I think it was just at the beginning, maybe of the pandemic. I think it was one of those things where I was like, I could do with some I could do with some video games right now, and I think I've got a big Nintendo fix that will, will help me get through this. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. I really. Really enjoyed it. It's a lovely little machine, and um, yeah, some great games. There's a there's a pretty large collection of N sixty four games on there as well. So that there, you know, continues to grow. So there's so there's there's some of that in there if you want to go to that, especially with Mario sixty four just getting brought there with the three D All Stars and 
Yes. And Turok one and two and Doom sixty four and you know, just to think of offhand there, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's more mm-hmm. that I haven't thought of. But yeah, it's uh it's great that it's just kind of become a machine for everything. Like last week I was talking about how cool it was to play multiplayer online on Turok two, like how weird that felt through your yeah. switch. You know, it's like what it's like what a what a system this is. We can hop on and play nineties deathmatch online, which you couldn't even do at the time for Turok two, but you can do it now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, so... it's... <laughs> I was going to say, it's just, it's really great. Like how, um, I, cause they've only added it recently. Haven't they? The, the <laughs> multiplayer, I think it came in as a, as a patch. They promised it a while ago. Yeah. But, um, nice that it's on there. And I, I've not had the chance to, um, to, to, to play it online, but, uh, gotta do it, do it know, now, but I say do it now before everybody forgets about it. And then there's nobody well, on yeah. there. <laughs> That's all I was worried about, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe, maybe like a really hardcore Turok Two online community will will form. It'd be like those people who are still playing uh, Call of Duty on the Wii, or uh, you know, like GoldenEye Double <laughs> O Seven on the Wii, or something like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd believe it. I mean, there's a what was it? There was a there's a lot of people playing uh, the Mario Kart Toadstool Tour, like with the with the online adapter. Like I remember people Warp played pipe. that for a long time. Yeah, Warp Pipe. Mm-hmm. which wasn't even uh, it wasn't even like a thing an actual thing that nintendo made it was somebody that, something that somebody hacked and people kept playing that oh yeah and it what was it uh kirby's air ride for gamecube like there's a big community about that because people made an online version of that and that was something that played for years too so it's like you know or like melee you know melee never never went out of style people are still rocking that game so where there's a will there's a way so it's uh yeah it's not really no but nobody gives up but hopefully nobody gives up on Turok too. <laughs> but now you got a switch and all that, you know, and it being it being the fourth anniversary, which was also technically last week, but we but we didn't get mm-hmm. to it. But uh, you know, we we start off our show as we normally do and talk about what games we bought and what we've been playing. <laughs> but I think for this week we should talk about just kind of reflect on the four years of the switch. I know you haven't had years for four years. Martin, but I would love to know what you've been playing on there, and like what are you, like what are your favorite games? Like I kind of I kind of put up put some like brainstorming questions on here. You don't have to necessarily answer all of them, but I thought we would all just kind of share like our top five games that we have. And what a fun one to say is always like you know what do you recommend to people when your friends get switches? Like what what games do you say they should get? Like I always have like a five that I always say like you know we'll check this out, check this out. But what what have you been doing on on your uh, little switch light? So lately, I've been playing a ton of Stardew Valley. I uh, got into it. I yeah. bought it last year, but I got back into it big time recently. I've been playing. I've uh, been doing a, sh- a joint farm with my girlfriend, and it's just been a really fun thing to focus on in our downtime. You know, just sit there planning out the farm. It's kind of taken over our lives. You know, got to the mm-hmm. point where we're even setting up like Excel spreadsheets, working out what our next oh, harvest wow. is going to be. <laughs> oh, wow. awesome. You know, completing all the bundles <laughs> and everything. So it's been nice. It's been a really good distraction, but it's just such a chill game. So that has been taking up the vast majority of my time recently. So does she so have a switch too? Yes. Yeah. We both, okay. I think I bought one and then very shortly afterwards, um, we both went with, with switch lights, which in hindsight maybe wasn't the, the best, best idea. Cause then we can't play on the, the TV. Yeah. But, um, but I think it was just at the time they were at the beginning of the pandemic, they were just completely sold out everywhere in the UK. You just so. couldn't get one. Yeah. And it was like that here too. I remember, I don't think, it, I think it was a lot harder to get a, a, a base model switch. Definitely. Definitely. I think that also, Given the rumor that we'll talk about later in the show, maybe you made an okay choice getting the light. That's a good point. That's a good point. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we right might now. even well we might even transition to that in this part. We're but shadow. I but I want to talk about but I want to talk about more about the games. But I was gonna say, isn't there isn't there an update now too where you can actually play like on the same screen for uh for Stardew Valley as well? That's what I heard like most recent. You can actually do it locally finally. Oh that's cool. So yeah, I think very recent. I think it was the the one point five update. The which I think is it the last month it came out, and they added a ton more content. I mean, it's really impressive. The guy that made that game just continues to deliver. I've not tried that. Not tried the split screen because again, we're on, we're on switch lights. But yeah, even yeah. just playing on a local connections, you know, it's really good. There's there's not any connection issues or anything, and it's kind of fun that you can go different places. So, are you able to either one of you play in the farm by yourself anytime you want, or do you have to be on at the same time? That's a good question, and you know we we haven't tried that. But I had I was worried at one point that um that it might come to that when I've been busy working on N sixty four today, and my girlfriend's like, I really want to play Stardew Valley right now. <laughs> Why can't I play? Mm. Uh, but I think it's something to do with if you're the host, you know, like you have a host, okay. and then people join, and the host might have the save game. I'm not entirely sure though. I haven't haven't tested it. I don't want to go down the avenue just in case. I guess if nothing else, you could just turn your switch on and just have it sitting aside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on whatever, whatever the light equivalent of the dock is like, just plug it in and set it down. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how you, I don't know how you like guys live. You know, you're on this whole other level. Haven't, haven't, haven't reached with a regular switch. Where we're going, we don't need TV screens, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Have you gotten into animal crossing at all? Or have, have you played that game? I have. I bought it when it came out. And weirdly, I was a huge fan of Animal Crossing on the 3DS and especially on the DS. I, I like sunk hundreds of hours into the DS game. And I just found this time around, I, I just, I didn't stick with it. I don't know, I don't know if it was just because of the, uh, maybe it was the pandemic at the time, because was, I was finding at that point certain games just weren't really clicking with me, which normally would. But I, I found, as weird as it sounds, I, fa- I found it too slow for me which is which is ridiculous because it's meant to be like a slow garden of zen game mm-hmm. but i think it was just some of the things like at that moment in time when i was playing it what i wanted to do was make a ton of money on the stock market and oh sure and i was yeah. like trying to buy absolutely millions of turnips every single week but of course then trying to sell them in friends towns or whatever and you know, there's that limit on how many you can carry, where you can put mm-hmm. them and things. And I was like, this is too frustrating for me. You know, I, I yeah. want to just be able to sell everything I have in one sort of, you know, one go and uh, having to do multiple trips back. And I, and to be honest, I think I was just approaching the game the wrong way. It's not a reflection on, on, on it's a brilliant game. And so, so many of my friends have absolutely loved playing it. So maybe I'll get back into it at some point. It was just, a, it was just reminding when you guys were talking about like farming on your own and all that, I was just... Because the only the only Stardew Valley multiplayer I played was with Jeremy, which you can find yeah. on our YouTube. Which people love it. <laughs> the and, one time we played, love it and hate it there. But it's our most watched video, and it's just us fucking around on a Stardew Valley. But I just think of when I think of a multiplayer, I think of like you know Animal Crossing. Because my wife, you know, I I got my wife a Switch before we got married, and uh, you know I got it because of Animal Crossing because I knew that we would have to have two Switches when they came when they came out because that's pretty much her favorite game. She plays it every day, and I was like thinking about. So, Stardew, you don't have like, you don't have separate farms, and you visit each other's farms. It's like you're both on like one farm, right? So there has to be one person to host both of you, even though. Yeah. But she, but your girlfriend also has the game, but she, but she doesn't have yeah. a separate farm that links these two. That's what I was trying to figure it out because yeah, I'm used to yeah. thinking so of it in could, that way. Yeah, she could set her own farm up. And the interesting thing is actually, with the reason we bought two switches in the first place was because of Animal Crossing. Because I bought mine, got Animal Crossing with it started playing it and then she was like 
oh, can I play on, can I play the game on your Switch as well? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure thing. And then it became, you know, oh, you're going to be using my Switch for the next eight hours. Okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> we should go and buy another Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah. And then lo and behold, you know, probably uh, like a month later, I, I just kind of stopped playing it or not playing it as regularly. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was a bit, bit too much of a preemptive purchase. But I mean, it's working out now though with Stardew. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, and it'll always be there. Animal Crossing will always be there for you. Yeah. Except for those Mario items. They'll be going away at the end of the month, so make sure and get on that. <laughs> I remember the <laughs> they'll be stock back next market. year, maybe. Yeah. I remember the stock market really stressing me out uh in Animal Crossing. Like I think I talked about it on the show, but there was a point I remember on the show where I was like, I'm done with the stock market, like I'm not playing it anymore. Like I had my last big sell and I'm out. Like it really made the game fun again once I stopped caring about that because I would literally get stressed out. Like, oh, I remember. I, gotta, I would see like on like the re- the subreddits, like, oh, I got to go try to get to this island, and that that yeah, that was the worst. Like trying to, because I, I followed this, you know, I, I I like joined this Facebook group that was like all about like selling selling the 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 turnips and all that, and it was, and I tried to actually get to somebody's town one time, but the connection was so bad because me and hundreds of other people were trying to do it that I could like barely even walk. Like it was all. It was so like laggy that I could only walk like three, you know, like three steps like every minute, and then it ended up just disconnecting me anyway and throwing me out of the town. So I'm like, this is, I was like, this is awful. But we had a nice little community between like Jeremy and John and Jess and I, where we were just kind of like talking back and forth. Even though I do remember that one time where Jeremy kept texting me about the stock market because of the. Do you remember that? Because of the. uh because there was some sort of system update, and we were trying to get everything sold by a certain time because of like the store oh, closing. Yeah. And there was that one time where it was like super, like, uh, like I gotta get over there and sell them. And you're because like between the four of us, we could at least find a decent price where we could sell it for still like a, a profit. So yeah. I think Jeremy got the highest price there was one time. It was over three hundred. Yeah, I had it. I had it at yeah. five hundred one time, but I was completely out of the stock market, so I didn't really. It was like when I when I had stopped buying them, but I was still checking the prices, and I finally had that one where it was really really high, and I'm like, oh, there it is. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm like, nobody's but nobody's got turnips, so I mean, none of you, none of the none of our group did. So I'm like, eh. and I'm not gonna like put it out on the internet and try to try to do that. That just seems too much of a hassle. I, I realized I had to have a rotten turnip to get an ants. That's the only turnip I had recently. Oh yeah, the ants. Yeah, yeah, we did that to get the ants. We still, still to this day, can't get a fly. Like I've been leaving trash out on my island, <laughs> in hopes for Jess to get a fly because I caught a fly one time, but we never, we never got another fly. I've, I have like these, I have like this boot like behind my house that's just been <laughs> sitting out there for I don't know how long, just trying to get flies to come to it. and They won't come. It's easy, easy to fall into an Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> We're at wormhole here, but it's still it's still going, and I'll talk and I'll talk about some of that later. But aside aside from uh, Stardew, what else have you been playing? So, in, well, in recent times, it's mainly been that. But in terms of, um, I suppose, games I've played a lot on Switch maybe over the past year, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I think I mean that was the game that sold me on it. I was a huge huge fan of Super Smash Bros. Uh, played uh, the 3DS and the Wii U version obsessively. And I think the N64 game, in fact, is actually still my most played um, N64 game today. I, I used to just play that religiously. So that's been really nice, uh, really fun to play. I think the funnier thing is that recently not playing it so much, and I think it's because I, it's one of those games I like to have it on the screen. And my friend would often come around pre-pandemic and you know, we'd get the old GameCube controller uh, adapter out, plug that in, 
and play two, two, the both of us on the same team online, you know, two versus two. Mm-hmm. And it's just always such a good, good blast. And there's so much great content in there. And, you know, they keep adding all new characters and stuff. Uh, it's just really fun and a great, great game if you're a Nintendo fan. You, you didn't you didn't get back on there to get Pyra and uh... <laughs> not yet no not yet I need to uh, I need to get I need to actually catch up on my uh, on the latest sort of character pack I've been following all the announcements and I watched the watch the Nintendo Direct but I just haven't haven't played recently so but I'll get back into it at some point I'm hoping there'll be like a deal on like one of the the fighter pass or something at some point I'll be like yep that's now the, now's the time to get into it and there's always going to be people playing it so. Yeah, I've been kind of just like piecemealing it on on this light on this latest fight at Fighter Pass. I think I only have I skipped two of them. Like I skipped Sephiroth and I skipped whatever Steve, the guy the guy from from <laughs> Minecraft. I, I skipped him too, but I got a uh, the um the stretchy ribbon girl, and uh and oh, and, yeah. and I also and I again I got Pyra because I'm obsessed with Xenoblade. So I so I ended up re-downloading the game just just to buy that just just to buy her and play around with her. But she, she's great. I mean it's a uh, there's a lot of cool moves you can do with that, and of course, there's always like a new classic mode for whatever character you get. So I went through and played that, and just to try it out. And I watched the video, you know, Sakurai's video, of course, that he posted online. And those are those are always cool to watch if you have time to, you know, because it's neat to see him like break down the characters. And he like had them both like jumping at the same time to show like who can move faster, and you know, and has them like racing back and forth to show like the speed difference. And yeah, he really gets into it, so <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. Plus, I've been you know I've been playing a lot of Xenoblade Two, so it was fitting for me at the time. I was going to say I had it uh, recently. I just remembered I actually logged into the game probably the other week, and it's been ages since I played online. I thought, oh, I'll have a look, and you know maybe I'll play a couple of games. And when I actually went into the online mode, I noticed that I'd 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 made it into Elite Smash despite not playing it in about oh. like Whoa. six months. Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> and I don't understand how it's happened. I don't know if they've like rejigged the um like the, the was it the global smash power score hmm. because when i lived there i was like this is a lot higher than i remember it being so maybe like they've removed players or something like that either way i was like really glad i didn't have to do anything hmm. and i'm here in elite smash <laughs> like wow. two million points higher than i was before maybe they changed like what you had to what you had to make to get in to get into it and all that i don't i don't play online at all really aside from like trying to play it when it came out with uh with john and jeremy and somewhat with uh with our friend kevin as well but it's like i just play the single player that's that's me and uh i love fighting games but i don't like get, getting destroyed online so i just i just play the arcade mode that's 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 where my where my fun is on these on these games but i think that's the best way to play i found that with i think the thing is i love playing online and i get really sort of hyped up when i'm in it and i get really competitive but i was finding at one point it was like i get really nervous when playing a match because I'm, I'm like on the cusp of you know it's either i'm going to you know, one mistake, I'm going to either win or lose sort of thing. And in the end, I was like, this is just too stressful. I'm trying to play it before bed. And then I'm like going, trying to go to sleep. And I'm just lying there, like, you know, remembering these matches. Sure. <laughs> and how I like, you know, messed up Ness's PK Thunder went straight off the edge or something. <laughs> nice. Well, what is, what is, what is your top, what is your top five, your, your current top five favorite Switch games? Now, see, I got to, I got to caveat this with, there are a lot of Switch games that I have not played, which I would probably rate higher, but it's because I played them on the Wii U. So I'm, I'm going to hey, focus purely on games no, that no, I've already played. No, on. no problem at all, man. There's a main, there's a major one that's not in my list because of the same thing. So I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from here. So, so we got Smash Bros, we've got Stardew Valley, uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, 
nice. Overwatch, and Divinity Original Sin 2. So, so Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, that was a game which I played on the 3DS, put a ton of time into it, and just bought it again because I think a friend and I at the time were, had, a, had a kind of a Monster Hunter fix that we that we needed and it's just really nice you know it, it's kind of got the i like the, the hd graphics a lot sharper not a massive amount of extra content but it just played really nicely and i liked having two joysticks as opposed to the little 3ds nub oh which yeah it's fine <laughs> but you know not not that great so that was really good fun so i got a lot of time into that and um are, are, are you excited about monster hunter rise it's coming out this, I, this month I think so. I, I played the demo. I played the, the the first demo, and I think there's another one coming out this week, isn't there? Yeah. And um, and I enjoyed it. I, it was some of the new mechanics. I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. Is it sort of adding quite a lot of stuff on top? And I was at first, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I like this because I kind of I found going from I, I've been playing Monster Hunter since Monster Hunter Try on Wii, so you know, long long time fan. And back then, it was super super clunky, and of course, they've mm-hmm. increased increasingly made the, the series more accessible, which I think, is a, you know, ultimately it's a good thing. Um, but some of those changes when they come in, it's like, oh, I'm really used to kind of playing around the clunkiness. Yeah. And, and and now it's kind of like, you have to sort of play it in a slightly different way and things like that. But I, I thought it was really good. I liked the, the scale of it. I liked that you get the little, um, uh, is it the Palamute, the, the dog that you can, yeah. <laughs> the wolf thing that you can ride? That yeah. was quite a nice, nice feature. And you can kind of, they fight alongside so I remember we, we played a four-player game of the demo, and it's like four of us and four four of these wolves just attacking this monster, and it was just it was carnage. So you know, really good fun, and I think people will really enjoy it when it comes out. I've always like just wanted to like Monster Hunter, and I can never make it there. Like I tried it on try, I tried to try one on Wii. I think I bought the same one on Wii U also, and and then I bought like Monster Hunter Four on on a 3DS, and I just I could not get into it. But I'm I'm very determined to get into Rise, so I'm trying to take keep a keep a checklist of all the people I know that are getting Rise. I don't know if you ever want to play. I, I'm down to play with anybody because I'm determined to 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 learn to love Monster Hunter this this month. So, then especially like and the more the more I see of the trailers, I think it looks more and you know better and better. So, and yeah, there is that new trailer coming out this or this new demo coming out this week. So, I'm really I'm hoping to like fully convince myself. That I'm gonna love it and stay and stay into it because I'm really gonna try because I do like I really like all the stuff they're doing and I heard like you know nothing but great things about World when that came out for for PS4 but I, I just have a base PS4 so I never got it because I heard it didn't run that well unless you had a pro or blah blah and all that stuff yeah. but but I'm excited about the new one so maybe at some maybe at some point after it comes out we can we can play online It'd be cool yeah we totally should I think it's one of those games where if you if you play it with a with a friend and you know you both kind of get into it you can kind of some of the stuff that the game doesn't make clear and some of the clunkiness, you can kind of learn it together. And that's kind of how I got into the, I I started playing try, I think with a, with a work colleague at the time who to be honest, didn't really know what they were on about and kind of gave me some terrible advice. So I kind of stuck with it for so long was like, nah, this is going to work. And then when I got to the Wii U one, I think is it Monster Hunter free ultimate, I think it isn't it played that and uh, teamed up with a friend, uh, a housemate actually, We um, he would play on his 3DS and, you know, you could connect the 3DS to the Wii U. It was kind of like a yeah. Wii U custom setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and again, it was just both kind of trying to learn the game. But, it, you know, it, once you sort of work things out and maybe look a few things up online together and you're like, oh, did you know you could do this? And, oh, where do I get this thing? Oh, you can find that here or whatever. 
it just becomes like a journey, you know, which you kind of experience together. So well worth doing. And I'm definitely up for, definitely up for a hunt or, or seven. Yeah. yeah people, uh, I've seen people make videos like just based around like trying to te- teach people how to play monster hunter and some stuff like that. It's really, it's, I feel like it's one of those things that has like a really, really steep learning curve. But once you get in there, people love it and play it over and over again put thousands of hours into it so i don't know if i can ever do that much but i, de- I definitely am super intrigued by this new one i had a similar kind of interest to you trey i don't, I don't think i'm gonna i mean I'm, I'm not gonna buy the game but i've always felt like oh monster hunter looks pretty cool like the idea of teaming up online and fighting giant monsters with with your friends and stuff and but uh, i found the menus and stuff a little bit too dense and just it was off-putting well, and they, they... I've, tra- I've tried this demo too and i just haven't got into the demo, but I still am like, you know, I think it could be if I've played with the right person uh, and they showed me what to do, maybe I could get into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still, we can still do multiplayer on the demo. So maybe we could try that this week, but okay. what I need is like a, uh, is quests and stuff. I need like some sort of single player aspect, which I feel like they're trying to do with this one. So, you know, just in case, but I don't know. It, it seems like it's going to be popular enough. I mean, they, they pretty much like broke the internet or they broke the eShop win the first demo release. So I'm pretty sure that there's a shit ton of people that are really just aching to play Monster Hunter Rise. So I don't feel like there's going to be like a problem finding groups and stuff. And from, and they did like a new, a direct like in between shows where they kind of got into that, where they're talking about like how easy it'll be to like find hunters. And there's this like hunter like where like, if you both like each other, you can like easily find each other later and stuff like that. It's so silly, but, but they want to try to make it to where you can, you know, where you can meet up and not, you know, make it like okay internet, but Nintendo style internet where you like can't talk to each other and all that, but you can still kind of friend each other. And it seems like they're adding a lot of stuff in there to try to try to make it work. And, and it's, and I guess like any of the regular quests you can hire, you can like have bring people in from the internet at any time for help and stuff like that. So it seems like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. So trying to keep myself on the positive aspect but the more the more and more i see of it i'm like oh this looks cool and that uh the the rpg that's coming out in july monster hunter stories 2 looks awesome like i'm definitely 100 percent into that like the one that's more this more just like a straight up jrpg because i love those games so i'm like yeah that, that looks badass I, I always felt like i missed out because i missed the 3ds one and i played the demo of it a little bit but i felt like because it looked really good on 3ds i was like man i should play that but i love the idea of, of riding around on a, a rathalos and all that which you can do you can somewhat do that in Rise as well, but tell me, tell me, tell me about Divinity: Original Sin, man. That's been on my list for a long time. Like it's a, uh, because I I'm a huge RPG guy, and I never really got into like computer RPGs, and that's kind of like a blank spot for me. And I really, yeah. I, I was, I got what was it? I bought the Baldur's Gate collection on there because it was on sale. You know where I got both of them for twenty five or something like that, and uh, I tried. I, you know, I had some fun playing around with Baldur's Gate one and two, but I didn't get that much into it, but. I don't know. Divinity: Original Sin isn't there like somewhat of somewhat of a turn-based battle in that battle system? Yes, um, I'm trying to remember. It is definitely turn-based. Yeah, it, I'm thinking for some reason it isn't, but it definitely is. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's kind of. I, I've I came to it. I'm, I've not played like tons of, you know, played turn-based RPGs and stuff before, but I haven't played like loads of Baldur's Gate and you know and things like that in the past and I wasn't sort of raised on them but it was it was one of those ones where I just kept hearing really good things about it I I briefly played the first game I think I bought it on Xbox One to play co-op with a friend because I was like oh this would be cool and then when I heard about the second one it was just getting all these rave reviews I was like oh this is this is cool maybe it's something I'll pick up at some point and um and then yeah like my 
again, friend was like, oh, this is, they've released this on Switch and it was, and I think it ended up on sale and we were like, oh, let's give it a go and, uh, you know, do a, do a two-player sort of co-op adventure on it. And the interesting thing is I bought it on Switch and I started playing through uh, the story mode and really enjoying it. And I was like, you know what, I've, this game, it doesn't look great on Switch, but it's perfectly playable and I mean, as a guy who plays N64 over maybe 25 <laughs> years later, you know, the graphics aren't the most important thing. But I was like, well, I've, you know, I've got a gaming PC. Maybe I should get Divinity Original Sin 2 on that as well. And that's when I realized that the Switch is unique in that it's got the save data transfer between yeah, the yeah. PC and the thing. So it was fantastic because I was finding, well, sometimes I'd be sat at the PC playing it and, you know, enjoying all the sort of graphics and 1080p and 60fps and all that. And then I'd be like, oh, I want to go chill out downstairs and I could just transfer my save game across and it was great you know it was really really cool and you know a bit of a there was a little bit of legwork involved but it was generally quite seamless considering the two completely different systems I think you just kind of like had to save the file and make it like a cloud save or something and it would upload to your Steam account so it was really um really cool that it kind of linked up like that and I'm ashamed to say I got really far in it and then have not finished it it's just it was one of those games where um there's nothing wrong with it. I just got distracted and started playing something else. Sure. <laughs> and it, it, it probably never ends also. It's probably like one of those hundred hour plus RPGs, which are great, but it's there's not, sometimes there's just too many of them. It's like, there's not enough time. <laughs> it's not enough time Maybe. to get through all of these. I'm dealing with my own hundred hour plus RPG right now, but I mean, it's yeah, but it, it's still like one of those things where I have it marked and I'm like, well, if it goes on sale enough, Maybe, maybe I could try it. Cause, and the big thing that really intrigued me about it was the turn-based battle because I love turn-based stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should try it again. Or maybe I should. I never I never tried it. So I was like, maybe I should try it. Give it uh, definitely. It works really well. And and it's very, I mean, it's very tactical. It's, you know, not in the, I suppose, not in the sense that, you know, Fire Emblem's very much like, you know, you, I mean, actually, no, it's kind of similar to Fire Emblem, but, but perhaps not quite as... Fire Emblem, I find, does a really good job of simplifying it by having like the tile-based system, but it has that thing where your positioning is really key, and also the environment, like using, you know, like there's like a barrel of oil, you know, you want to hit it with an explosive blast or something, because then it will set on fire, and if enemies are standing in it, they'll get caught on fire. So there's loads of really cool stuff that you can do, and if you're really good at those games and you play on the hardest difficulty, you know, you can use tactics to really transform the the battle and turn it in your favor and for me that was more i'm going to play it on the, the easier difficulty and <laughs> just you know hack and slash my way through stuff and make tons of mistakes but it was fine it, it let me get through the game and i only had to like reload my character or my save rather uh, you know maybe three or four times a fight or something <laughs> yeah no i i was just like peeking through like the battle system and it's like yeah if there's neutral characters and that are like with you and you accidentally attack them they can attack you as well and like you can get your own teammates to turn on you if you if you're not paying attention and yeah it seemed seemed kind of complicated but it was still just i don't know it's just this i've heard people talk about it and i was like you know i and i'm always i'm always thinking about other rpgs i'm like well i could try it and it's like no don't have time right now but yeah and uh, Overwatch as well. You've been playing that, right? I, I played. I played the demo of Overwatch when they did like that free to play thing, where they did like the trial, and it did kind of remind me a little bit of like old school first person shooter stuff. So I, when I saw that you were playing it on Twitter, I was like, oh, well, that that makes sense to me because it kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, first person shooter stuff of older times, like stuff like Turok Rage Wars or, or, or like Quake Three Arena and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I came to it. I, I, it's a game. It's not a game. I, I say I, I've, I've not played it maybe recently, and it's a game I've kind of taken a break on. I still got it on my Switch, uh, but I started playing it on Xbox One. I was obsessed with it when it came out. It was just, I just found it really addictive. The whole, I'm a big fan of team-based games, but there's always that kind of, and Overwatch is just really guilty of this, where if you get a really good team and you push through and you have an amazing game, it, it's, you know, it's just ecstasy it feels amazing when you win and everything comes together but it's also that really frustrating experience when you're on the other side of that no one's <laughs> coming together there's no teamwork and it's just a mess and you're just spending like 15 minutes sat there thinking why am i even bothering to play <laughs> um and so you know it's a real sort of like love hate game sometimes but yeah I, you know i went from playing it on xbox i played it on pcs you know you had the, the sort of the, the full experience playing it at like 144 frames and stuff and then i saw they it came out for Switch, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really impressed that it runs on on that console. And uh, I think I saw a deal online, like a, one of these code websites, and they were selling it for like £12 or something. And I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to play that portably. Uh, and, you know, and play it, and when I say play it portably, you know, I could probably do that through something like Steam Link or something or Xbox Remote Play, but then you get all the lag that gets added when you do that. And I was like, well, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be native on the console. So... Yeah, and I, and I think the reason why I like it so much is because it's it just runs really well. I mean, it runs at 30 frames per second. It's not the optimal experience. I've got to be honest, when I first came to it, I think I played the PC game the night before, and then I played it the next day on Switch, and it looked like like the, the screen was skipping animations because I was like, oh, my God, this is so <laughs> so like low FPS. But then I got used to it, and I was like, hey, this is perfectly playable, and it looks really good. Yeah, And, yeah, a lot of fun with that, just sat on the sofa, you know, Maybe the girlfriend's watching TV, and I'm just I'm just there chilling out, hitting people with a hammer or something. <laughs> you have so, the usual squad of people that you play with. Yeah, although not in the Switch game. I did um, a friend and I would team up on it and and play. But um, when I was playing on PC, like we would run a big crew. And I think when I first started playing, I was I even went on some of those like looking for game websites and getting like a random crew, which was always a I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> I think it was always an interesting experience because you'd either get like a really nice group of people or just this absolutely, you know, horrible crew of really try hard, you know. So it sounds just, like putting up a flyer to like start a band or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of thinking about it. Yeah. For sure. What is, uh, what, what are your like games that you recommend to people when, whenever they buy, whenever they buy Switches? Good question. Um, I think, just, again, despite not having played them on Switch, I would say, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I haven't bought that on Switch just because I bought it on Wii U and yeah. I'll be damned I'm paying £50 to buy the game again. But it's yeah. absolutely amazing. It's such a good I loved it on Wii U. It's so good and just great fun for everyone. Breath of the Wild, you know, kind of a no-brainer. I think a lot of people have just loved getting lost in that game. I'm a big fan of the Korok Seeds. I mean, the main story, yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful epic quest. But just send me down a path and go and do some <laughs> little puzzles. Brilliant fun. And um, and also, uh, it doesn't get enough love, but Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, I just think it is a masterpiece of sort of 2D platforming design and lovely music by David Wise. Mm-hmm. And good challenge. Not I pl- I, I loved the, the one that came out on Wii, uh, Returns, uh, but mm-hmm. I, that game was I felt was really hard, whereas Tropical Freeze, I think, kind of dials it down a notch. So and, and and obviously they've added the the funky mode, which which I've not tried, but I've heard good <laughs> things. So you know, yeah. 
on the corner of the box. <laughs> yeah, a lot uh, of those. Uh, same thing with me on uh, Mario Kart Eight, where it's like, uh, I just, I just feel like the Nintendo is just torturing me. They just, they're just going to never release Mario Kart Nine. This is never going to be another one, and they just will forever just like be like, haha, you, you have to buy this again. I'm like, no, I already bought it. I played it's the all crap. ARR from here out. It's like I played the yeah. crap. Yeah, I played the <laughs> crap out of it on on a uh, Wii U. And I'm like, I'm not paying sixty dollars for that again, ever. Like, screw you. Like, and the most it ever goes on sale for is forty. I'm like, come on, guys, come on. I already bought this game. In like, its defense, I played it a lot more once it was on Switch. Yeah. So, I mean, I I actually got through a lot more of the game, even though I owned it for quite a while on the Wii U because I bought that like right when I got my Wii U. So, I still play, played it more yeah. on Switch. I played the crap out of it on Wii U though. I got I got all the trophies yeah. like aside from 200 CC because that's ridiculous, but. I got I got all the trophies. I unlocked all the characters. Like I went through and did everything you could do. I mean, aside from battle mode, but I don't really care about battle mode. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that it was. I, I I liked it when I was in high school, but I ever since I just never really got into it again. You know, it's just one of those brief things. I I realized I think I realized later that racing was more fun than battling people. So I we kind of stuck to that as far as multiplayer goes. But Trey, I think you need to break and buy Mario Kart Eight on Switch. No, nope. so Nintendo will then. No, nope. Nintendo will then announce Mario Kart Nine. That's They're true. waiting on you to buy the game. <laughs> Not doing it. They can. They can wait. <laughs> they can wait all they want. I'm waiting on them for it to make Mario Kart Nine. So, all right. If anyone's upset about Mario Kart Nine, we know who to blame now. <laughs> blame, blame me, right? <laughs> Send your letters to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, in terms of other games, I'd recommend. I think the um the nes and the snes games that you get through the switch online membership i think is a really good deal for the price yeah. that you pay for them there's a great selection you know mario world's in there the donkey kong country games been added so i think that's a, a really affordable and easy way to explore you know the bank catalog and i know that people are annoyed that you know the earthbound isn't in there and various other things yeah. yet <laughs> but there's still a great selection so so that's good and um, and another game which I, I get the impression maybe you guys are a fan of, but Tetris ninety nine. Oh yes, uh, it's just <laughs> a superb version of the game. So. Tetris ninety nine is amazing. Yeah. Yes. We just uh, I mean there was a there was the Bowser Fury event over the weekend and I, it always brings me back for those events and the and the themes. It's Same. like I need I need all of them. I can't go without. Even when we went to even when we went to Japan for our honeymoon, I still managed to find time to play the Luigi's Mansion event and get the theme. Like even when I was in another country and the times were all weird and all that, I still got online through <laughs> through our uh, <laughs> through our like Airbnb uh, internet and still was able to play my Switch. And I, which I can't believe I did that, but I was like, I need that theme. I'm like, I can't not have it. So, and it ended up working out to where like Japan is like a day ahead and. The times just clicked at the right time where I could just hop on for like 40 minutes and just get enough, just get enough of the, which is most of how I do it now. You know, like for this one, I'd hop on for like an hour and just make enough points to get the theme and then I log off, but it still just plays really well. And it's, it's great. The music's great. Like it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Is that, is that what you wanted to say for your uh, recommends? I think so. I hope that was, I think that was five. I hope that was five. Yeah, I yeah. mean, one of them's not really a game. One of them's a collection of games, but. No, it, it's, yeah. I, I was going <laughs> to say a, a lot of, a lot of our, a lot of our lists are going to overlap here, but that's fine. Oh yeah. I just wanted to, you know, just kind of do like just a reflection over these like years of, that we've had of the switch and all this great stuff is on there. And it's still, I, I still have people who are just, just buying switches like a, a coworker of my wife's like he just buy, bought a switch like like last month you know just now and i'm like 
and you know we're trying to tell him he's like well, what should i get and it's like get get the nintendo switch online you get there's almost yeah. like 100 games on there now that you'll automatically get for free right off the bat so i mean it's it's a no-brainer plus like tetris 99 and super mario 35 and all this other stuff you know that they've been adding to there is it's great and that's whenever anybody ever gets a switch i always tell them i'm like I'm like get okay, so so get you know get the, the Nintendo Switch online so you can get all the Nintendo the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I'm like download the Dragon Quest Eleven eight hour demo for free and play that game. You know just just play it because it's like one of my favorite games ever. Just to just look at how nice it looks and how great the story is and all that. And I tell people like Tetris ninety nine of course. I, I tried I tried to stick to stay away from because uh, I feel like most people are gonna get Breath of the Wild or they know about Animal Crossing. Those seem to be the big two that most people get when they get the system is either anim- you know Breath of the Wild or Animal Crossing. Definitely now because it became so big during the pandemic. So I try to go away from that. So it's pretty much uh, definitely. was it? I, I-, I was just gonna say there's. I was just wanted to make sure. Yes, Nintendo Switch Online, Dragon Quest Eleven demo. Tetris 99 and uh, Horizon Chase Turbo because I think it's the best racing game on there that isn't Mario Kart 8. And I always try to push that on people just because it's an amazing game and they kept adding stuff to it. And of course, Splatoon 2, the uh, the game the game that doesn't get enough, never gets enough credit for how for how great it is. It's one of those things that maybe nobody's really heard of or they you know probably didn't have a Wii U or never heard of Splatoon, but Splatoon's great. It's base, you know. It's kind of like what you're saying with Overwatch. You know, if you can get the right team for that, like it can be a shit ton of fun. Especially if you want to get into the elite matches and like all, because there's this whole other thing that I don't even play. I just play the regular turf war. But there's these whole other like modes that that elite people play. That's just a whole another game. And not to mention how great the single player is, and and all, and the in the additional online stuff or or the added DLC that they put on there, which I can even get through because it's like way it's for much people who are way 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 better at the game than i am but it's it's one of those things that i'm always like you know what about splatoon 2 if you ever you know most people probably haven't even heard of that game since it was like pretty much a launch game you know they don't even think about it but it's a nintendo title that's you know super solid definitely um i think the thing you reminded me of and i think this is where i was so torn with coming up with some of my 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 answers to the top five recommended games is that I when I bought the Switch, I, you know, the Smash Bros. As I said, was was a uh, the main driver for it. But it was also that it's got such a fantastic catalogue of indie games. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's so many, so many titles on there, and you know, I bought it. and I was going to play things like Garden in Between, or Gardens in Between. Sorry, uh, Wonder Song, Coffee Talk. You know, sort of great chilled games. I love playing them. They're not too long either. And and I would still actually recommend it, you know, if you're just buying a Switch and you haven't got other stuff, um, other consoles or systems, it's definitely worth picking up games like that because they're really well suited to that mobile experience. Mm-hmm. I think the, the reason why I haven't recommended it is because I've not played quite a lot of them on my Switch because they ended up coming to Xbox Game Pass. Oh, and that yeah, was yeah. just a much more affordable way of me playing them. And and also I have a um, this thing, this Razer Kyushu thing, which allows me to play it on play them on my phone basically through oh, wow. you know, remote play and whatever but but you know that aside i mean that's a very special you know one-off use case i i think it's a fan the switch is fantastic for the selection of games and it's an it's unusual for a nintendo console you know to, to have, have so many yeah. so <laughs> many games you know i think the, the wii was the last time we got hit with so many titles and even then i don't think the quality was anywhere yeah. near because there's a lot of shovelware yeah. lots of shovelware I always, I always felt that the GameCube was like the last, well, before the Switch was like the last, like fully third party supported Nintendo system 
before the Wii, because at least they were on the same level with the GameCube as the other consoles. But then with the Wii, they out of, they made this like crazy left turn to just go away from what everybody else else was doing. And even though there's a lot of stuff on the Wii, it was a lot of it was downgraded and just not not quite what you could get on the other system. So that so that kind of hurt it. But it's nice to see the Switch being being on the level playing ground. And also a big thing about the Switch is, you know, like a lot of people bought the Wii, but they bought the Wii just for Wii Sports and they never bought anything else. You know, so it wasn't... So it was. It, they weren't really selling it to gamers. They were selling it to casual people who just want to play Wii Golf with their, you know, parents or kids mm-hmm. or whatever. So that I felt like that really hurt the games as well at that time. But thankfully, it feels like the people who are buying the Switch are people who actually want to play games. So, like, they'll buy the Switch and all these other fucking games. So... It's kind of become like, especially for the indies, it's become like the central place to put games. Like, it, like you know, speaking of one that I won't spoil it because I know Jeremy's going to talk about it, but that one was like Switch only, you know, it was like an exclusive, like as far as consoles go, other than Steam. So, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of these indie ones are just going straight to Switch because they know that there's an appetite for games on there and there's like a ton of people playing it. And I just think that's really cool. That you know that people will you know or or like you know stuff like we were saying with like Divinity Original Sin where like companies will try to do what they can or even Overwatch like to make it playable on the system because there's so much so mm-hmm. much people there and so many people playing it and I think that's exactly great. So yeah, Nintendo like didn't compromise like they said we're going to use you know some data technology kind of to make it work. They've always kind of done that you know, and so they're a little bit behind tech technolo- technology wise. But then they create this giant install base, and then it's kind of like publishers don't really have a choice. They've got to like get that money. They got they got to make games for the Switch. Well, and and we've we've heard that we, you know we've like our interviews that we've done with indie indie developers and stuff like that. It always seems like you know when you get to the Switch, there's always kind of like a switch bump, you know, from from the eShop, mm-hmm. just because people seem to be really hungry for games, even though there's also- so many games. Like it's not like you know it's not like the like you know like you do with like N64 today. I mean, this. I remember when the Switch first came out, it kind of reminded me of the 64 a little bit because I'm like, oh, there's like not really a whole lot of games, but the games that are out I really like. And I'm kind of like scouring through all the news to find all these games. That was at the very beginning. Now it's like, I don't know, it's really hard to not to go anywhere on the internet without running into a new Switch game. You know, it's like all the, or like right. a re-release of whatever, you know, it's just like it's stupid. Like they were like, how three- many games are on the N64? Like 275, something like that. Yeah, so I think in terms of uh, I think in terms of U.S. releases, uh, North American releases, I should say, uh, two hundred ninety-six. I think the number is, and I think if you're looking, including like the Japanese exclusive and very small PAL exclusive library, you're looking at three hundred and eighty-eight. I think the number is. So either that so or three hundred eighty-seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like the number that comes out in like eight months on the Switch. Yeah. True. That's normally the amount that's on sale, at least at the minimum on the eShop. If you look, because now it'll tally you and show you how much stuff is on sale, and it's normally at least like five hundred, six hundred games. Sometimes it's like two thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Because yeah. I check, I check the deals all the time because stuff gets like so fucking dirt cheap on there, which yeah. is great. Which is great as well. You know, not Mario Kart Eight, but everything else <laughs> it gets it gets dirt cheap. But it's just cool. Yeah. It's nice to be in an, in a time now where Nintendo's so popular and all that stuff. And again, yeah. you know, finally and. Most games that you want to get into, you know, save for like stuff that's like super cutting edge, cutting edge, which we're not really there yet on the new systems, but nope. it's it's available for the Switch. So it's become like I bought a PS4, but I barely play it because pretty much everything, for the most part, stuff that I want to get into makes its way to the Switch eventually. So 
It's yeah. kind of just better to just wait, I guess, because it's easier for me to play. And then I was, you know, I try to stream stuff or be more focused on that, that type of thing. I remember buying, um, funny enough, when I bought Overwatch, and it's classic, you know, it's funny how we're talking about, like, you know, the the way, like, the perception of a Nintendo console kind of shapes your expectations of it. Because I remember I bought Overwatch Switch, and one of my biggest concerns before laying down a measly £12 on it was, does anyone play it on Switch? And I'm sat there and I'm thinking, like, oh, you know, it probably doesn't have that big a player base because, you know, you know, not going to be that many people playing it or something like that because that's kind of always been the experience on some of the past Nintendo consoles, like, on, you know, Wii U and Wii, some of the games with online modes, you, you were lucky to find, you know, uh, more than a handful of players and stuff. And, and, and I sort of thought about it after a while and I was like, why am I thinking this? I think at that point the console had sold something over 50 million. Yeah. <laughs> I've played it loads on the, um, on the Xbox One. And that has like half the install base, you know. And yeah. I was like, well, I didn't have any problems finding a match on that console, so I'm not going to have one here. And and you're right, like people are hungry for games, but they're also playing them a lot, mm. you know. And like Overwatch, you always found a game that was really quick to get into a match, and and that's great because it's just healthy. And then you you want to use the system more and and buy even more games. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It's so many people are on there, like you're saying, they're on there and playing it. So it's. Depending on as long as it's not like uh the you know like something obscure like Turok Two multiplayer might be a little more difficult but over <laughs> but Overwatch everybody's playing that you know so you can definitely get on there. I want to try to I want to try to run through my stuff really quick here. I know we've been going a little bit longer in this segment, but that's fine. You know, it's it's really nice to talk to you about you know Switch stuff because we haven't really been able to before. But uh, my my personal top five games that I like is I, I just put all my R- favorite RPGs on there pretty much because I'm like what I'm like what else should I I mean this is these are the games that I like so of course it's the ones that most people don't notice or haven't played but Ease Ease Eight Lacrimosa of Donna uh, I've talked about it a million times on this show it's it's on sale a lot I think it's still on sale for like twenty bucks right now I think it's totally worth it everybody should play it it's a lot of fun the soundtrack is fucking amazing I still I still listen to it on the regular so. So yeah, that one, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, either of them, I think one is much more approachable than two, but I've really been loving two since I finally, I can't believe that I pushed that one off so easily when it first came out the first year. It would have been one of my favorite games of that year if I would have played it longer, but I'm still trekking through that. I, I just, I just crossed the hundred hour mark on that game. So it's, uh, it's just one of those things where it's just, you can easily get sucked into it and all of a sudden it's been hours later and you're like, what happened? It's like, oh yeah, I've been doing all these all these side missions. But yeah, I kind of put Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 as one entry, even though they could even they could easily be two if I needed it. But Dragon Quest 11, I said earlier, of course, my recommend to everybody to at least play the demo cuz it's probably one of my favorite RPGs of all time, so. And it's just it it does a good way to bring up to bring it's kind of like a brings all the generations of Dragon Quest in there and of course anybody who wants to play it the old school way, you can do that even though it is much more difficult cuz my wife did actually play it in the 16-bit version of Dragon Quest XI, and they don't they don't tell you anything. There's like no uh, there's like no they don't tell you where to go. There's like no uh, there's there's like no uh, descriptions on the map at all as to where things are. So they make it like very much old school. If you want it to feel like a Super Nintendo game, they made sure and made it feel like a Super Nintendo game. Plus, there's like random battles and yeah, and it'll be like go to this town. It's like well, where the fuck's that town? It's like I don't know. You got to find it, like you like you had to do in the other ones. You know, you got to actually walk to it. Whereas the new one would have like a you know, be like go over here, and it like she will like highlight it on the map. It doesn't do any of that stuff on the sixteen bit one, which is, which is cool. So you almost get like two games in there. 
And of course, I had to put Animal Crossing on there because it's my number one. I've put like 600 hours into that game. It's one of those games that I keep playing, and it's and it's something I play. With, you know, my wife loves it, so it, it's kind of one of those things where she's like, "Hey, uh, I did this thing. Do you want to come by and look at it in my town?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And it takes like a couple minutes for us to just to just you know pop pop into the other person's town. Like it's so quick. It'll be like, "Hey, Celeste is over here. Do you want to come by and see what see what sort of DIY you can get from her?" We're like, "Yeah, sure." Or they'll be like, "Hey, there's there's a meteor shower or." Or do you want to, or, you know, I, I could, there's these, you know, the, I, I, there's this fish over here. It's like, you know, it's really easy for us to just hop in and do all this, uh, multiplayer stuff. Plus like all the, there's the Super Mario Brothers stuff now. So now I've been playing it every day again to try to order all of the Nintendo items and stuff like that. So it just keeps, just keeps uh, roping you back in. And, and I have great memories of when we were all playing it together, you know, as a group and all that and sharing recipes and, you know, there was one time where like everybody, where John and Jeremy and Jess, they all came over to my town because because one one of them was making like the iron wood rack or whatever that one was that we couldn't yep, find. That's like, right, the, the iron wood, the iron dresser or something like that. It was one of those things that was like a component, like in the middle of most of the DIYs and whatever whatever character was making it. And we all had to come over there and get it's it's just a uh, yeah. I don't know. There's there's still like a lot of great stuff to it. For a moment there, it felt like a team based discovery game. Like we were all trying to think, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? And then one person found something. Okay, everybody go to this island. Yeah. Um, stock market's up. Everybody go to that island. Yeah. It's, it was it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of like the internet version of like the playground. You know, the old the old playground talk that people, you know, for kids kids of our age that remember like you know Zelda and like talking to kids at school and trying to figure out how to get through whatever just through a hearsay. It's kind of how that was with us, but digitally. You know, because we can see each other, obviously. But it's like, hey. What do you, you know, what, you know, I found this thing. You should try it out. And yeah, it's cool to experience that. And then for like my fifth one, I, I was, I was just in between Splatoon 2 and, and Tetris 99. I guess you could just put those together as one. I don't know. It was hard for me to pick one, one or the other because they're both games that I've put a lot of time into, especially Splatoon 2 when they did have the, when they're having the monthly Splatfest and all that. I was, I was really having a lot of fun with that. And I'm very excited about Splatoon 3. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer for me. You know, I'll definitely play that. So it's, it's one of those, it's, it's like one of those, uh, like I said, I feel like it's very underrated and people just don't talk about it enough. I mean, remember how they added a whole like single player mode to it after the release? Yeah. The DLC, which I still feel like, I know that's like the bane of my existence. I feel so bad that I, that I could not get through it or that <laughs> I just couldn't, I'm like, I bought it cause I bought it and I made sure. And I did like, you know, I played all day until I beat the single player and I was like, yeah, I beat the, I beat the single player. I'm really good at this game. And then I get the DLC and I'm like. What the fuck, man? This this shit is made for people that are good at this game. I'm like, I, I all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not good. I'm not that good, <laughs> you know. So it kind of <laughs> turned me off, unfortunately. But I'm excited for three. You know, I'm still. It's like my Monster Hunter attitude. I'm gonna keep trying until I, until I get better. I think for time's sake, I should probably move on. I, I there was like some extra stuff that I played for the week. I did. I just want to say I did beat the Bard in Bravely Default too. The one from the demo that I had such a hard time beating. I did actually beat him oh, in nice. the regular game. So. And he actually wasn't that hard. I just didn't. I just defaulted most of the time and did like use the magnifying glass so I could see like his uh all of all of the uh things that he's weak against and his like HP power and all that stuff. It's all old school Final Fantasy Super Nintendo strategies that you probably remember. If you basically play the game the same way for the most part and you know don't fuck up, it's uh are there buffs like you buff each other up and then uh, he does buffs like he did buffs like crazy, which I think is more of a bard thing. 
but yeah, it depends. It depends on what job class you have, like as to what as to what you get. As a, I've been just trying to uh, level everybody up as freelancers so I can get the bonus uh, experience points and stuff like that. But I was able to get through the bard, which was this is like what what the demo was. So I got through that whole level and I and I beat him on the first try. So I was like, all right. And then I just kind of put it down to play the other game that we'll talk about later. But uh, <laughs> that that was what I did for that. Then I said I crossed a hundred hours on the on Xenoblade Chronicles two. Which that one still has its hooks into me. I'm, I'm like in the last two chapters, but the 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 side missions, like the character specific, uh, the blade specific side missions, have been a lot of fun to play. So I've been playing a, a lot of those. Also, I just want to mention it because you know, Jeremy, you love you love uh, shooting games. There's this game mm-hmm. that I just randomly found through a, a Facebook Facebook group on Swi- on uh, on the Nintendo. Like it was a Nintendo Switch Facebook group. Somebody mentioned it, but this game called Sniper. Sniper Hunter Scope is on sale for like two fifty right now, marked down for like twenty dollars for the deluxe edition, and it's actually really fun as far as like a pointer light gun games uh, game goes on the Switch. And I bought it yesterday, and it's great. I think it's on sale to like the twenty first. But yeah, the pointer control works well. Yeah, I mean it works as well as it should. Like it, you know, you click in the the left stick to have it reset whenever it gets weird. But I was playing it last night, and I was having a great time with it. You know, the the only thing that's kind of weird is uh. You can't play it with one Joy-Con. They want you to play with two Joy-Cons because I think they want you to buy this like <laughs> this like sniper scope thing that you like put your Joy-Cons in and like use that for the game. But it's so you basically aim with the left one and you shoot with the right one. And you can also do you can use like power-ups and stuff with the right Joy-Con, but it works really well. I mean, I, I was actually impressed with how and I'd never heard of it ever and some person was just like, "Hey, this game's $2 right now." And I looked it up and I saw it was like a d- deluxe edition where you get extra shit and all that stuff and I, I would never pay twenty dollars for it, but for two dollars, it was a lot of fun. You know, for anybody who was looking for a Lycan game for the system, I might give it a try for two fifty. Yeah, it's on sale for like the next week, so I just I just went for it because I didn't have anything like that on the Switch, and it was fun. And I've actually been using my Joy Cons because I never use them at all, but it actually works. The aiming actually works really cool. And there's like basically there's two different levels. There's like a sniper mode, you know, where you're like on a building shooting stuff. And then there's like a time crisis style level where you care where you see your character run through the thing and you can like duck behind walls and pop out and shoot people and you can actually control whether you pop out or not and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun and you basically play you'll you'll play the same levels over and over again until you unlock until you get a certain level of points and then you get to go to the next level. That's basically how it works. So I don't think there's actually an ending to any of the levels. Like, I never got to a definitive that's like, here, this is the end. It's just like a time where they'll just kind of stop and be like, hey, you you passed or you didn't, but you still got to build up points. So there's a little bit of, you do have to replay some of the levels, but I didn't really, and there's like hundreds of guns in there, stuff that you can buy. So I see it being something that I'll at least play for a while. And of course, I, I talked about Animal Crossing. I have a, I ordered a whole bunch of pipes, so now I can warp all over the town, which is fun. The Mario pipes. I have five of them now. And it's kind of fun because it's you you know if you get more than two you randomly you'll randomly go to one place or another and I have like one I basically have one by the residence center I have one by my house I have like two on the on the east and west side of town and then I have one on the north side so it's just basically I could just jump from one side to the town to another and uh yeah it's great and I bought you know I'm wearing the Luigi costume now I bought I bought peach's shoes so now I can walk around as Luigi with peach's shoes because you know why not? He, he can wear high heels. That's uh, works for me. But yeah, it's still it's still fun. You know, it's got me back ordering stuff every every day just to make sure and get all that stuff before it goes away. So, but that's my stuff. 
Cool. Uh, so should I start with what I would recommend? No, I'll start with what my top five are on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I know. I know. We. I know. We got a lot of a lot of uh, repeats here, but it's fine. That's cool. We're just kind of we're just kind of covering the Switch or the uh, yeah the anniversary all in all in one here. So I'd say for my top five, <clears throat> I left out Breath of the Wild because I just talk about it so much that I think it's pretty obvious to everybody that listens yeah. to our show that that would probably be my number one game because I, it's, it, yeah. Like I was well, but, uh, I, also like Martin was saying, uh, I left it out because I played it on Wii U, not Switch. So it's not really a Switch mm-hmm. game to me, you know. But uh, so I definitely Stardew because I've been obsessed with that game, and especially when it first came out for the Switch in uh, 2017. I guess that was the was that the year? Yeah, it came out the year the Switch came out, and that's when I played it the most. And then I ended up coming back, and uh, after hearing, I think it was a Retronauts podcast about it it made me want to come back and like figure, finish like the relationship quests and finish up the community center and all that. So I at least wanted to get married and have some kids in the game. And I played that much and I haven't really gone back to it much since, but I still think it's great. And I see myself getting back into it one of these days. Then of course, Tetris 99, we talk about that all the time. Um, that's a game that I play with my partner a lot and we are kind of competitive with it. In fact, we, this week, we decided we were going to stream ourselves playing it and we're going to see who could get to the the theme in the least amount of playthroughs. And so we just did it in uh, groups of five so that, you know, you wouldn't have to keep passing it back and forth, logging out, logging back in. So just in groups of five matches, we went back and forth and she ended up beating me by, uh, I think she did it nine matches and it took me 11 to get the theme, but it was, it was a ton of fun. I got into the top 10 once. I think I got to like seventh place. And then she finished in the top 20 multiple times. So that's how she was able to, to clinch that victory. But it's a pretty cool theme. I like it. It's not too intrusive. Some of those themes are really dis- distracting, but the Bowser theme's nice. And we ended up like trying to look up the lyrics to that song. We were like wondering if there were lyrics to that Bowser metal song you hear. Oh, yeah. I, 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 thanks for reminding me because I wanted to mention it to Martin. Doesn't it sound exactly like the soundtrack from F Zero X? I don't know. I don't know if you've. I don't know I if you've heard, heard it. I'm really sorry. I would say I don't know. <laughs> I'm if gonna have to listen to it. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard it, but it's a. Uh, it sounds like the same. Like raw, it sounds like that same. Like it's singing, but it sounds like it's coming out of 64. You know, yeah. it, it reminds me okay. of the yeah. I think, and I, you know, what when you said that, I'm. I think I know the like. There's a particular track in F Zero where there's like a lot of that. Um, I don't know what it is. It's it's almost like it's screaming, but it's not because it's really like like growling. Growling acid, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I'll have to get the theme. It's a very puppety sounding voice. Like, uh, yeah, so we were looking up trying to find the lyrics and we couldn't find any lyrics, but on accident, we found this YouTube video where somebody had, and I'll try, if I find a link, I'll put it in the Slack, but uh, just on accident, because while I was playing, she looked it up and it was a guy who was, who decided he was going to put lyrics to it. So we thought we found the actual lyrics, but it was just somebody made their own song with it. And he's like, you made me fight my own flesh and blood. And like, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty metal. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so he's, he's so mad that Bowser Jr. got roped into the, into the, uh, the fury, but yeah, it was, it's a ton of fun. Tetris 99 getting off on some tangents here. Um, I would also say dragon quest 11 trace talked about that a lot. I didn't complete the, I guess the post game. You didn't make it to stuff. second credits. Act three. Right. I didn't get to there. I plan to go back to it eventually. Um, I need to go back to when Trey describes how he 
grinded with the metal slimes because I I've never tried to do that, but that's, I think that's what I need to do because I'm super under leveled for, for this boss. And that's why I gave up. I have to, I'd have to remember where they're at because <laughs> there's a the whole thing. Yeah. There's, there's this, uh, I forget what the, what the spell is, but Eric has a specific spell that will like, that will like give you full critical almost every time. And that's how you, mm. how you did. Cause I made it to level a hundred on that. I like maxed out <laughs> all the characters. So I need to do something like that. I think to, to finish it up and, I hope to someday because that's a that's a wonderful game and uh, yeah totally I was totally immersed in it those couple of months I played it then kind of just fell off Animal Crossing for many of the same reasons uh, we've talked about just like it's a great multiplayer game it's super zen um, I still play it every day well lately I've been playing it every day again because of all the Mario stuff so kind of repeating what's been said already in the podcast but yeah I got uh, I'm wearing the Wario outfit of course because warrior is awesome yeah uh, i just have two pipes i just have a pipe by my house and then one down in the village where everybody kind of lives in one part of the island that I, I have the like the rest of the island to myself and uh and so i've got a little warp down to their spot and that's where all my money rocks are and stuff so it works out well i also got a new villager this week he's a cow that looks like a viking his name's vic now i remember mm. i added him because i uh i had a gorilla villager that left so that was one of my exciting Animal Crossing moments this week. And that's also <laughs> going all over the place here. That's my top four. One of my fourth game. And then my fifth game is Hades because Hades is wonderful. Yeah. That, that was the one that I was mentioning earlier, of course, that was like a huge Switch release that was Switch exclusive, right? Aside from Steam, like if you didn't have the the pre-access or whatever, like the, because it had like early access that where people played it and. I remember it just being huge because, yeah, it was only on Switch. And I think it only is, right, as far as console still? Or did it ever make it to Xbox or PS4? No, I think it's just Switch still. Yeah. And I don't think they've even confirmed. CP. Yeah, which which is huge. It's just so huge, especially that it ended up being, like, the best game for a lot of people of last year, where it was just like, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, no, they obvious, they've obviously cornered the market for indies big time, you know, and, and uh, Hades really hammered that down. I think, yeah, it's, like, up there for me with, with Celeste in a lot of ways, because it's this indie that for me came out of nowhere. I know a lot of, it was on a lot of people's radar beforehand and super giant, you know, they were a pretty known company at that point, but still, I didn't know it was coming. And then it was there. And I just, the whole like cascade of great reviews and like how great the music was supposed to be and everything. And like that just so, so much paralleled like that Celeste experience I had had where I'm like, I have to buy this game. Like it's, I feel like I'm missing out on something if I'm not playing it. So that's, that's Hades. Hades is great. And Trey actually bought me the soundtrack for Christmas. So I've been listening to that in my car for about two months now. Every time I drive, it's uh it's Hades. So uh, if I was getting into my recommendations, once again, it's, we're going to have some repeats here, but I would just say, yeah, get the Nintendo switch online first and foremost, because you just get a whole bunch of stuff, including Tetris. Um, my partner doesn't even have a switch and she pays for, Nintendo Switch Online, so she can play Tetris 99. That's how good it is. Uh, Stardew Valley, that game's great. I think you, for the price, you're getting so much content. And like Martin's saying, the developer just like concerned ape, just like I can't believe how much that that person poured their life into this game. I would say it's like this game is their life and and their like legacy they're creating. And I don't know if they'll. I know there's been talk of other games and there's even been like promotional material and stuff that they'd be working on, but Stardew's just this, it's almost like its own 
I know it's not its own genre, but it's so huge that it's almost like it feels that way. Like, like you'd say Minecraft Stardew, like these are these system sellers where this might be the only thing somebody played on, on a system and that's all they needed. That's how great Stardew is. I would say ring fit. I would recommend because, Hey, look, the switch also helps you work out. You should do it. It's cool. And there's like a cool little, uh, the game, the, like when you do the music, the music mode's really fun. I think that's a fun little mini game. I wish there's more songs, but I think you could hand the ring to anybody and be like, here, play this music mode. This is fun. I guess you'd have to give them the strap too, but yeah, <laughs> here, here, <laughs> okay, take, you gotta take put this, the strap on. Take this leg strap, get a second strap, and then you can just switch the Joy-Con in between you. Just pull it out. Here you go. But yeah, Ring Fit's really cool, and I think there's actually a lot of depth to it for anybody that was intimidated by getting a workout routine together. I mean, the closest I've ever had to, to one was playing that game. Uh, in my adult life, I would say without, without like the structure I used to have when I was in school and PE class or something, like it's really hard for me to, to work out <laughs> on my own and ring fit helps for when I, when I don't, you know, when I actually stick to it, which I haven't been this week, unfortunately, but I'd still recommend that game to anyone that, that has a switch. Uh, let's see what else Hades, of course, cause I love it so much. And, uh, you know, the Switch is one of the few places you can play it. One of the two places you can play it. And then finally, Goose Game. I think everyone should buy Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, that's one we haven't we haven't mentioned that's yet. Cool. And it's it's cheap, right? It's like seven dollars or something. Yeah, like that. and I like think even new. especially yeah. especially thinking about a lot of the people I know that have bought the Switch in the past year or so, a lot of them just don't play a lot of games. Maybe they play stuff mobile. You know, they probably play like whatever on mobile, or maybe even some of the AR games like Pokemon Go and stuff, but like to to like be in like the con- like to buy a switch is to get into console gaming so it's pretty cool to say like hey play goose game this is like there's nothing like it and you're gonna be smiling the whole time you play it and it's just gonna make the switch feel all that more special to you after you finish it because i just remember like being like the switch is the best thing ever like you know as i was playing that game so that i think that's uh my recommendations Cool. I mean, do you want to just run through a couple of these extra things on here? Yeah, have? I don't have to. I don't have to expound too much on any of them. Um, this week, I mostly just played Tetris ninety nine for the theme. Played three D World some more. Got to I'm on World Seven, so it's like I guess it's the technically the last world before like the post game stuff. Yeah, I already talked about playing Animal Crossing. Played some Gal- Mario Galaxy two this week on my on my Wii U. Uh, the big thing I bought this week was SNK. 40th anniversary collection it was on sale for half off they finally got gotcha. you <laughs> i can't did you buy that tray i can't remember if you i did i it. did buy it yeah i didn't, pl- okay, didn't, yeah, didn't play it a whole lot but i did buy it i haven't played it much uh the first thing i did was go to the the extras menu to find the cycle the psycho soldier theme because i love that song so much i listened to that and then i went to like there's like a museum mode that gives you like a curated history of snk that's really cool like i I watched it for about five, 10 minutes before I was like, okay, well this is cool, but I want to try the games, but like, it's a, it's a chronological history of the company and it's really cool. Like I know we've said it on other times on the show, but like Nintendo needs to look at a game like this. This is how they need to curate their collections. They need to like at least aspire to be at least this cool because all the extras are just amazing. And like, you know, um, I, I highly recommend it. There's a game on here from 1979 too, which I think is pretty cool. Cause 
that's probably one of the oldest game that games that's currently on the switch i would say maybe if, if there's like a 2600 collection or something there might be a game that's a little older but i think that's pretty cool you can play an arcade from 1979 on the switch now and then otherwise uh i set up my playstation 2 and it was coincidental that I found out the PlayStation two just turned 21. As far as the Japanese release goes, that was on March 4th makes me, you know, feel old, but I hooked it up and I've been playing Chrono cross. And I mentioned at the top of the show about uh memory cards being important because I thought I'm just going to play this for a little bit. I don't know where, where my memory card is, but I just want to see if it works. And then I got hooked and I played it for about an hour before I was finally like, Oh wait, no, I did have my, that's right. I had my memory card in, but I hadn't like checked to see if it was full or not. Turns out it was full. You can't do anything about that on the PlayStation one. If your memory card's full, you just have to turn it off. Yeah. You can't like, right. You have to reboot the whole thing to, to clean off the memory card. So I ended up getting rid of, I guess I had final fantasy tactics data on there for some reason. I don't remember ever playing that. So this is an old ass (laughs) save file that I deleted. So hopefully it wasn't that important to me, but I got rid of that. And then I had to play that first hour of Chrono Cross again, and then I saved, and that's about where I've I've stopped for now. But it's been a lot of fun playing a PlayStation One game on on this little tiny tube TV that you gave me, Trey. Oh yeah, and and you and and you need like a specific PlayStation One memory card, right, to even save on it. I remember that being a problem when I first bought my PS Two because it's backwards compatible, but I had to buy a specific memory card oh, for really? a PlayStation One to save on it. I was say I just had this is just my original PlayStation One memory card that I got in ninety eight yeah. or ninety nine when I bought mine. Yeah. And uh, I did I didn't have one because I never owned a PS One, so I had to like go out and buy one. So it was a uh, yeah because I remember it was like a different because it's different because I don't think you could save on the PS Two ones. Maybe you could later. I don't know. I guess there wouldn't have been an update. Yeah, I remember there being like if you if you want to do backwards compatible, you have to actually put in the old memory card to save on there. So because I did the same thing, I tried to play Chrono Cross and. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Nine, which I actually have, I actually have a hard copy of that, which I didn't even realize. But yeah, well, yeah, I would say my my piece of advice is if you're going to boot up one of these old consoles, maybe check the memory card first, so you don't have to play through the first hour of the game again like I did. But hey, it's cool. Like the music, I I mean, I remember the music being fantastic, but still, it's just it's wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, it's super bright and colorful. I like it. I think I'm going to try to play through it. We'll see how that goes, but I keep starting RPGs and never finishing them. So who knows? Uh, speaking of RPGs, happy 25th birthday to Mario RPG, which that quote at the beginning of the show was Culex. Uh, that's what he says to you before you fight him. And he's the, like the secret, really hard boss and the final fantasy uh, crossover. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, uh, and he was really hard, but I have I have beaten him before. I, I don't know if I t- said this before on the show, but this always kind of killed me. But Culex was so fucking hard, and I had like the, the worst time beating him. And I like I was like oh, I was having such a hard hard time, and I and I finally got through, and it took me like weeks. And and then later, like you know, my friends were playing the game too, and my friend Brian he got there, but he had found like the secret shell armor, and if you find the shell armor, yeah. you only get hit for one hit point like through the whole thing so he breezed it like in one time and i was so pissed off because i put so much effort into that boss and he was able to just breeze through it because he found this fucking armor it's like this that armor, armor really does feel like cheating because it, it basically cuts off like 70 percent of the difficulty of that boss i'm actually kind of happy i didn't discover the 
I didn't find out about that until I had beaten the game once. Now I don't know if I'd beaten Culex without it. I'd have to see if. I guess I, there's no way to see. Oh, I don't well, know if I ever beat Culex without it, but uh, yeah, I need to try to do that someday. I know for a fact that I did. I beat it without, and it was really difficult, but I made it through. And and I think on that one, I just pretty much maxed out all my characters too towards the end. Like I just went and got hundred levels for everybody, just so I could blow through the the last boss without doing any. Where I could just blow through the last boss, just doing regular attacks and and no spells. So just because that's how I wanted to do it, then you know, it's like I'll just make my guys super super powerful, and I'll just you know beat the crap out of them. I'd love to see this game come to the Switch somehow. Maybe we'll see it on the on the Nintendo Switch online, but I've seen people on the online, you know, rumors of what if Nintendo made a, or not rumors, just people suggesting that they make a remake of it, which I don't know. I don't know if that's necessary. It's a great game, but I think it makes sense for it to be locked in its style and its context and trying to change it up. I don't know if that would be good. That's how I feel though. Mm -hmm. But it's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, and I know a lot of people say that visuals didn't age that well, but I still think they're great. It looks like you're playing like a really weird, like with a bunch of little weird toys. For sure. That's pretty much it for me. Well, my top five and my recommends are going to be one and the same. So um, number one would be Mario Maker 2, of course, my game, which I've, I've crossed 800 hours in. That's obviously number one for me. Infinite Mario levels, what more can you ask for? And if you're going to get one Mario game on, on the Switch, I recommend Mario Maker 2 because you can just play it forever. Um, the multiplayer is just amazing and a lot of fun. And I think the online has been Im- improved from from the launch. At the launch, it was pretty laggy and everything. Uh, now it still gets laggy, of course, but for the most time, it, it's, it's, it's acceptable to, to good. So Mario Maker 2 is my number one. My next one is my most recent game is uh, Hitman, which, especially considering that it's all three games in one, you know, it's it's called Hitman Three technically, but you can buy Hitman One and Two, um, which I did. There's just so much. There's so much content in there, and I've I've been playing the game through. I beat it, playing it from Hitman One to Hitman Three, probably three times at this point. And I've never played it the same way twice. And even after all that time, uh, all the, the levels they give you will give you a percentage of how much you've completed the level at the end. I don't think any one level I've beaten beyond 30% so far. Wow. And I'm 200 hours in the game. So there's just so much packed into that game. Uh, it's just a great value. Uh, I recommend it. Love that game. Uh, my next game would be Rocket League which I'm at 500 hours on that game now. And I paid like 15 bucks for that game. So that's like about, what, two cents per hour, something like that. Uh, I'll, I'll never get sick of it. I just played it the other day again. Um, and, you, and you don't even have to pay for it now. Now, now it's free. Now it's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. I forgot about that. It went free to play a little while ago, so you have no excuse. Go get Rocket League. It's fantastic. It's also a great pick-up-and-play game, and I, I put that on the recommend list for that reason. It has a, a really nice in-depth tutorial if you want, but really five minutes with the game, you get it. You get the basics. It's one of those easy-to-learn, hard-to-master games. My next one would be Breath of the Wild for all the reasons we've said in the past 261 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's just it's fantastic. You know, 
Uh, not much more to say than that. I do intend to go back and finally beat the game, which, you know, I just put it off for this long. I got to go back and beat it. And when I do, I know that it won't just be me beating the game. It'll be me getting sucked in for another hundred hours mm-hmm. to find every little Korok seed, every this and that. Oh, no. You yep. do, I mean, you do have a, I mean, you got like that 10 day quarantine at your, That's true. at your new place. So, I mean, it's not like you can see anybody. It's true. I'm locked in here with my TV and my switch. And yeah, that, that, the wild and no excuses. Maybe that maybe that's a good good time to to get back into that. You got this a mini true. fridge. I should get a mini fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and then last one for me would be the Messenger. Just fantastic game. Uh, I think I I've put like 30 hours into that game, and it's just yeah, it's uh, another easy to pick up and play. A lot of depth to it. I don't think there's a wasted moment in that game. You know, sometimes you feel like you played through a game and like, oh, maybe that level wasn't so great or kind of lagged a little bit here and there. It wasn't, that, that wasn't the case for me. I felt like every moment was something interesting, something new, exciting. The story was great. The writing is fantastic. Music is amazing. You have to get the messenger. And at this point, it's, I think it's still $20, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's never really a game that goes on sale for some reason, but I, I think it's, I think it's a well worth it for the 20 bucks still. I'm gonna say, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has been on sale in the past, but yeah, no, it's definitely worth it. And yeah, and there's the DLC which John beat, but once yep. again, it was something that was way too yeah free DLC. Yeah, way 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 too hard for me, but it's it's still mm-hmm. something I'd hope to get back to. Yeah, when I played the DLC earlier um, a couple months ago, again, it was like it sucked me back in for another 15 hours. So that was just I was reminded again of the magic of that game, and we gave it our game of the year 20. 2018. Yeah, our collective. So that's definitely a big recommend for me. Mm-hmm. The only other game that I would throw on there, I know this makes it number six, Mario Odyssey. Like, it's a great game. And I know a lot of people kind of gloss over it and forget about it, but it's, it's a good Mario game. If you have to get one, get Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. But if you have to get two, get Odyssey. Yeah, cool. Do you want, I mean, do you want to talk about your moving experience real, real quickly? Yeah, sure. So I moved to Michigan and it's my first time ever moving by, f- by flight. So I thought that was really interesting because I actually I put all this stuff in a pot as I talked about last week, shook my stuff over. And when I was getting on the plane last night and I was looking out the window, you know, going over the California coastline, it was like, it's like, it feels like I'm just going home for a trip, but I'm just like, that's it. It's a one-way ticket. Um, and then as far as the COVID experience, my first time being on a plane and all this stuff. So I had my mask, I had a, a filter in the mask, I had a balaclava over the mask, and then I had a face shield. So I was totally suited up. And out of all the people on the plane, like I was the only one to do all all those things. Everybody else was just wearing a mask, pretty much. There were some people in front of me who wore the shield, but then they took it off on the flight. So I just felt like I was like the anti-COVID king of flight <laughs> Why 439. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it probably made you feel a little bit safer too, though, right? Yep. Yep. It I is. Mean, I mean, that's kind of like how I am on, on some... on some like You're a, doing your part. Yeah, on some mm-hmm. sets that I've worked on where it's like I, I'm still going to wear the face shield even if you aren't. It just make me feel a little bit, you know, if you make me feel a little bit more comfortable. And it's also been like the right. the sanitation wipes has been like, or or like a, the, the uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like the sanitation, like just, I, it's just like a thing that makes me feel better when I'm on a set working with people. I just like, we'll just yeah. wash my hands just like while I'm there just to give me like a little boost of, of, uh, sure. of like safety confidence, I guess. <laughs> It doesn't just make you feel better. 
you know, it does improve your safety, mm-hmm. lessens the risk, even if it's just a little bit of a percent. But my take is like, if it's easy to do, why not do it? Even if it's just a little bit more of a percent of, you know, safety. So yeah, I felt, I felt good about my, my trip. And now I'm here in quarantine. I'm at my parents' house for 10 days and I'm spending this time looking for a new place over here in the neighborhood by the family. So got lots of games to play and uh, I'll be here for 10 days in quarantine. You got, you got, you got stuff to do at least. Do you have any work you need to do while you're Um, need to do? Probably. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. I I can find some work to do. Sure. I did want to say that I I played a couple games this week with with our friend Jesse online. I played rocket league, Mario maker and burnout. Got to try burnout online, which was, a little bit of a confusing experience. We we had the hardest time trying to figure out how to get into a room together. It's just not like laid out clearly on that game. And I don't know. I felt like like rather than just a join game, it was like we had to go three layers deep into the menu to figure out how to actually join up. It took us like half an hour. We almost quit. Um, and then once we were on there, what was kind of annoying about it, which reminded us that this game is like what ten years old or something at this point. You, once you do a challenge, you have to drive to the challenge every time. Like you can't just you can't just start the challenge and then you both get warped over to the spot where the challenge is. You start the challenge, then you both have to drive over to the challenge. And on top of that, there's no GPS system in the game, so you have to like look old school on the map and figure out. Oh, I got to turn right here, turn left there. It's just, oh, weird! It really yeah. slows it down, Even and it's sure, unfortunate yeah. that they didn't they didn't update that for modern times. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it is like a remaster, supposedly like a re-release of it. So, all right. Well, uh, if you're good, let's, let's take a break and then we'll, uh, come back and talk about our friend conquer and all that. And of course the rumors as well. So we'll be right back. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. 
Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! able to hear some of that bowser song that's where it kind of sounds did, like yeah, F-Zero. Yeah. yeah i can see the um i can see what you mean about the sound it certainly it kind of has that the the, the fast paced bit of it with um and the and the voice over the background does certainly got that f-zero vibe to it yeah it reminded it remind me a lot of f-zero x and yeah you, you played i don't know you played a lot of that one so i figured it, it might ring true for you as well yeah yeah no definitely definitely yeah. i think it's it's really cool. It's great. Um, great soundtrack they've got going for it. I forgot to I forgot to mention that you know, as us both being F Zero fans, you could you get to deal with the constant torture of there never being a a new F Zero <laughs> game ever on Switch. I think they've completely abandoned that game now that yeah. they now they got to the point of sticking you know tracks in Mario Kart Eight. Like I, I think they're I think our, our any thought of F Zero has sailed. I wish they would just. Why can't they just just re-release at GX as an HD version? Like, yeah, I would buy that. Yeah. Even if they want to sell it for fucking sixty dollars, I'd still buy it. Whatever, you know, give us like a, a sixteen by nine widescreen HD like up-res F Zero GX. That would be really fucking cool. It really would. And, yeah, and I think because that that was the thing as well. That that game was like criminally underappreciated it, it it's like didn't that, sell nearly as many copies as it should have done did that, it and that game was fucking awesome like I, it was yeah. it was amazing it was one of my favorite gamecube games like period but yeah and nobody yeah it seemed like nobody really cared no and, it, and the thing was is it it felt really fast but it looked amazing as well it had great graphics for a game that ran that well uh you know that sort of fast and had that performance it was mm-hmm. it was astonishing yeah, and it looked it looked amazing for a GameCube game. It was like one of the best. It was one of the best looking GameCube games on the system. And of course, like there's a crazy story mode in there. That's we. It's just like its own thing. So yeah, it was great. But speaking of stuff that's great, we're we're back now from from the from the break. I'll probably keep all that stuff in there as well that we talked about. But let's talk about let's talk about our man, our main man here, Mister Mister Furday, Mister Conquer. Just uh yeah, Conquer's Conquer's Bad Fur Day. We we've mentioned this before on our show. I know we we've talked about like Jeremy, you know, Jeremy's like uh sad stories of trying to find Conquer now and not actually having a copy of it and yeah. it's it's become it's become something that's a little bit more pricey now. Like isn't it like even upwards is probably like close to like sixty dollars for like the game at least, right? Just because it's a little uh, bit more rare now. 
I think it's over a hundred. Like for the cartridge by itself, no box. Yeah. yeah. Last I checked, it was like I think maybe I found one in the nineties. That was buy it now. I don't know how it would go if I was actually like willing to put in the time to bid on stuff. Yeah, I remember we we found one at, at the Midwest Gaming Classic in Wisconsin, and I feel like it was kind of high. Like it was like sixty dollars at least for just yeah. the cartridge. Or maybe it was one with a box, and it was like a couple hundred. It, There's I a lot of repros on eBay. I, I, I don't want one. Yeah, you, you want a real one. Yeah. Yeah, I figured, you know, I, I put some questions up here just for brainstorming stuff. But I figured we just kind of talk about our experience with Conquer. You know, Conquer's, Conquer's Bad Fur Day released, what was it, March? What was what was the exact date? Did, do you, do you um, know? It's March 5th, I think. It's, oh, I'm getting caught out now. I guess, um, I guess it's, <laughs> you have to know. <laughs> I, I guess it would it would vary depending on, you know, different countries. Region, yeah, because yeah, cause sometimes, because I know sometimes the European releases are different. Yeah, European, is, yeah. European release was 13th of April and North America was 5th of March. Which is because yeah. they're they're a European company, right? Rare is for the most part, so yeah, based in based in the UK. So and that's and funny enough that um, that difference in release date is pretty for that time. It's pretty generous because you know it's only a month sort of wait. Yeah. Whereas when you think about something like Mario sixty four, it was I'm trying to remember, it's like nine months we had to wait oh, before we oh, got wow. it, which is just madness. You know, <laughs> it was like the gaming event. You know, <laughs> so was- we had to wait. Was was the sixty four out like then? Then was it was the sixty four out for like nine months, and you had to wait for Mario sixty four? Was the whole system like yeah. come out the so, same day? So basically, I'm I'm doing I'm getting my dates bottled up. So that was the um, the the Japanese release when it came out in I think it was June nineteen ninety six, um, and then it was September ninety six for for, uh, for North America, and then we got it the first of March. 1997 so we actually had the, the 24th anniversary in um in power regions recently but of course this year is the 25th anniversary overall but that's just how far behind we were oh, wow. in terms of releasing the console and, and it, it got better as time went on but um you know and i think i think those those release um sort of gaps between regions kind of got smaller and smaller as you know, by 2001, clearly, you know, we were down to a month at that point. So yeah. <laughs> it's sort of better than what it was. Yeah. And and I always felt, I, I felt like Conquer was like the swan song of the 64. I mean, for me, it was probably the last, definitely the last game that I bought new probably. Or no, I, I guess I didn't. No, I, I did buy it new, but it was, in, it was on clearance. But I remember it. Mm-hmm. I remember like reading about it for a long time, how it was originally going to be like this you know, regular run of the mill, cutesy ass, uh, rare game where Conquer was going to suppose had to find like a cake to take somewhere to some princess party or something like that. Yeah. I remember, 12 tales conquers quest. Yeah. I remember seeing the original and there was, there was actually a game boy conquer game that came out that was still in that vein Pocket before. Tales. Yeah. But before, before it got to, uh, the 64 and of course conquer was in Diddy, Diddy Kong racing as well. So he was mm-hmm. already kind of, they were trying to establish him. We knew he was coming, but we had no idea what was going to happen later. <laughs> but I just I remember on a n64.com, which was IGN at the time, they uh, I remember seeing like going to the they had a little linked link to the website of Rare, and it was just like it said like caution under construction or something like that, and there was just like constant constant swearing like happening and like the sound of saws and stuff, and and it, but it was all like bleep, you know, and saying like feck off and like all that stuff and. 
and I was, and they're like, oh, some, they're like, something weird's going on at, at Rare right now, you know, and all this creating this buzz about Conquer, and then, yeah, it's just, uh, I just, I played through the game this week, like all of it. I, I felt so defeated that I didn't do that. I didn't make it to the credits when I said I was going to on on that. Uh, I was on very that stream, skeptical but that I would make it. Your channel. Well, I mean, it was like four in the morning, and you were on. I think you were just finishing up the 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 fight with the big caveman boss. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about how stupid the army part is. Like that's really what got me. Is that I, I just lost patience for the army part. But I beat the rest of it last night, just like on a low key stream, just just to just for my own like redemption. But but I did. Uh, yeah, and it was only it took me like fifty minutes. So if I would have hung out, if I would have like hold on, held on for another hour and and played till like ten in the morning here, I would have made it. It's always like on, on a, a lot of these like no sleep till credit things that I try to do. I feel like that's always how it is. Like it was the same thing with Blackthorn when I tried to play play through all the Blackthorn in one sitting. I basically got as far as I could, and then I quit, and then I played it again, and I only had like forty minutes left. If I would have just hung out for another hour, yeah. I could have done it, you know. Yeah, but you but, were you were refreshed when you came back. Yeah, no, definitely. It would have been a different style. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I tuned into the stream. I, I, I only briefly. I, I saw you there for a second. Yeah. Out. Yeah, <laughs> and and I saw you just before you got to the war bit, and I and I saw the title thing, and I was like, "Are you doing the bit with the with the electric eels where you know you have to swim through the the rings to get them to power the thing?" And I was just like, you "Yeah, knew. I wouldn't want to be doing this at like you know <laughs> the early hours of the morning." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "He's not going to enjoy the next bit." Um, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it ended up being like a seven and a half hour stream, and I was like, I could have gone eight and a half, but I was like, by the time I got there, I was kind of, I was kind of beat, and I was just getting really frustrated towards, because yeah, there's, I had, a, I had a hard time in the last part of the of the uh, Dracula area also, which I didn't had forgotten how difficult that was, but the but the war part, I remember, I remember kind of hating it when I was younger playing this, and now I remember why, because it's like. <laughs> It, it it is it is amazing like how many different things they in, they encapsulate into this game like different genres and all that and it's like oh all of a sudden here's a first person shooter kind of with like some really weird controls but here you uh-huh. go but you kind of have to play the controls like that if you actually want to make it through it's it's so weird but it's kind of I, I never played any of the re-releases of it I know they did like an uncut version on, a, on an Xbox 360 but I hope they fix that that first person shooter stuff. Was it eventually. on? I thought it was just on the original Xbox or was, was it, it just the, the, or was it it the, the Xbox? Original Xbox? Yeah. Or was it just the original one? I don't know. I've never owned it's, one. So I, I just remember yeah, it, it was, it was re-released. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the original Xbox. Cause funny enough, um, despite, you know, despite being the big N64 fan, I didn't at the time when it came out, in 64, I think a, a friend had a copy and I played the multiplayer, but it was the single player. The first time I played it was on the, the original Xbox game. Oh yeah. Um, and they, and actually they did a really good job of a lot of people kind of, um, sort of diss that version of the game because I think they, it was meant to be, I think originally it's called conquer live and reloaded, isn't it? And then it yeah. was meant to be sort of live and uncensored. And then it ended up being more censored than, than the original game. And, you know, and I think also people just had an appreciation for that. But it, they, it looked really good for a for a uh, for an Xbox game at the time. Like they did a really good job, sort of upscaling remember, the graphics. I remember yeah. thinking that oh, you could actually like, feel his fur. I feel like you reach in your TV and feel uh, his fur. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I do. The only thing I really remember about that release is they unbleeped the cussing, but it wasn't as funny anymore if it wasn't bleeped because the way they bleep it in the game, you can still hear it. You know, you can still hear that they're saying fuck, but they kind of put it like right in the middle. And I, I thought it was funny. It was funnier because the bleeping sounded kind of bad, but I think it was purposely bad. 
you know, where mm. you could tell what they were saying. I don't know. I felt like it didn't, it took a lot of the humor out of it for me when they, when they completely took the beeps out. And I was like, well, it's not as funny. Now they're just kind of just straight up saying it. And it's not, I don't know. It didn't have the same, like, it didn't have the same charm to it, I guess, to me, from what I saw. But I never played that version. I do remember watching videos of it just to see the opening part to see, like, if his tail was as fluid as it was in the original one. Cause that always, like, blew me away. Like the little, like, helicopter tail. And it still does. Like, even playing it now, I'm like, wow, that's animation's great. And it's still. You know, it still plays really well. Like, it, I mean, you, aside from whatever quality of life stuff, you know, like uh, camera angles and like, you know, of course, like checkpoints, even though this game actually does have a whole lot of autosave, which was probably one of the first times I experienced autosave in a game was because it autosaves constantly. And, and on a 64 game, like that's huge. Like you never really did that, you know, like even like that I can think of. I mean, you, you played a lot more than I have, but I mean. As far as like one that, because you don't ever save in the game, it just automatically saves. And if you, and and, there, and it auto saves, like the, the checkpoints that you get are also auto saves. So it's like if you get the game over, you start right back where you were for the most part. There are some like prolonged areas, like the one, like the Dracula Castle that I was talking about, that are really difficult because there are no checkpoints in there. But I feel like that's doesn't necessarily hurt the game because it's part of the challenge, you know? And maybe it's a little bit of padding too because it's. It's not that long of a game, so maybe mm-hmm. they wanted to make it a little bit longer. But it was one of those things that I used to just blow through it. You know, I I'd, I'd played it. It's not quite at the level of Mario sixty four for me, but I bet if I practiced it a couple times, I could probably get it down to like beating it in like six hours or so in wow. one in one sitting. If, if I practiced the war more, the the war levels more. I guess it's shorter than I remember then because I think I just got yeah I got stuck on certain sections for a long time. I remember the underwater part being really hard. There's like a part where you're swimming. Yeah, you're swimming underwater. I just that was the first. That was the first time I quit on, on my first playthrough. Yeah. Was the water one, which I, I should have, because it's yeah, it's dumb. It's a uh, you know you have to you have to swim through this area, and if you don't know what's happening, a lot of times there's switches and stuff that are really hard to see. Yeah. And that's what it was. Was was a switch I that played, I could find? Yeah. yeah, that was my second playthrough because I have played through it once, but yeah, that's when I gave up the most recently, and that would have been. Whenever I owned the game last, which was a long time ago. What I mean, what was the first time that, that all of you guys played it of Conquer? I think I played you. your copy first, yeah. Me too, yeah, it was your copy. Yeah. Well, I remember being, I mean, I was with Jeremy when we bought it at the Toys R Us and, and out of the bargain bin for $10. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was pretty huge to me. And I actually, I rented it when it came out. So, you know, back in the day, I would rent, you know, we, we would rent stuff all the time from uh, Family Video mm-hmm. or Blockbuster or whatever, whoever had a video game stuff and I rented it and I played through it a couple times and I remember showing it to like, all, you know, as I did to most, most of the time with those games is showing it to all your friends and being like, Hey, look, uh, look at the fucking cows pooping or whatever <laughs> weird, weird you stuff took, uh, that was in there. You ca- you captured the sa- a lot of the soundtrack so you could put it on like mixtapes and stuff too, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I, I made my first video game mixtape I ever made like on an actual tape. I recorded the, like as like as like uh in between stuff i re- i remember i recorded the cutscene for the war when it's like war was declared like I, I recorded that and i also recorded the end of the game for like the end of the tape you know so that was like the outro was was that whole part of like the game freezing up and all that and all that that whole cutscene there so i remember doing that so i did yeah i did have stuff and of course great mighty poo was on there also cuz that mm-hmm. was the song you know mm-hmm. was the song that nobody forgot and yeah ooh i wonder if there's a karaoke version of that 
probably. I mean, or you could just <laughs> sing, <laughs> it's a karaoke, though. Or you could just you sing could, along to it. You could make it pretty easily. I yeah, mean, it's karaoke it's in the game. It shows you what the mm-hmm. lyrics are, you know. <laughs> and ha- doesn't it have a bouncing poop on it? Also, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I say I didn't. I didn't imagine that. Right? They 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 uh, expect you to. Uh, was it called Conqueror's Quest in uh, in Europe? Uh, in terms of the, like the original sort of name, you mean, or but, like when we first heard about it, or mm-hmm. I mean, when it came out, it was definitely Conquer's Bad Fur Day was the was the final name. But I think in the in the run up, I remember it. I remember the Twelve Tales, and I remember I think we it just got called Conquer's Quest or Conquer sixty four or Conquer sixty four quite a lot, just because. Oh, okay. That was handy. You know, that was handy for the for the magazines and stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was interesting. I was looking back, sort of in preparation for the podcast i went through some old n64 magazines from the from the time so from like 97 and 98 and they were showing you know conquer's quest before it became bad fur day and i'd forgotten so much about about it i remember this being this sort of cutesy you know kind of sickly sweet platformer but you know it had like other functions like i'd completely forgotten it had a it was going to have like a two-player co-op mode and there was still, there was always going to be, I think, a four-player sort of death match. I'm, I'm guessing not in the quite the same violent sense, but yeah. it's sort of interesting. Like the co-op mode bit sounds really interesting to me because it's kind of a shame that it didn't, didn't make it into the end game in some way. And, and I, I got the impression based on what I was reading, it maybe sounded a bit like in, in how in like Jet Force Gemini, uh, Jet Force Gemini you have that, it's co-op, but one of you is that little flying robot. I think it's Floyd, isn't it? It'll oh, yeah. You, you don't move, you just shoot. So you're kind of there as a as an assist almost. And, and yeah, that just sounded quite, quite interesting. You know, the game the game was originally had quite a you know very different design and it had, you know, completely different game modes and things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it trend, you know, in the transition, we kind of lost a lot of stuff, which we never saw, which would have been really interesting. You know, I'd love to see like a, a Conquer 64 beta kind of appear at some point in the wild to try it and just to see what the original vision was. But equally, I think if the game hadn't changed, it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as memorable today. You know, we wouldn't be remembering it 20 years on probably because I think it would kind of just have been another. And, and that's what they were saying at the time. It was just that it was another rare cutesy 3d platformer mm-hmm. and, and i think compared to something like banjo which had such an iconic sort of design and, and presence and stuff i think it would have just been in the background mm-hmm. of i would love to hear more about the team and their decision to go filthy like what was that moment who who brought up the idea how did they convince the rest of the team was it a joke at first it had to have been. right <laughs> Right, and it was it it was you know it it was pretty cool like what happened with it. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what happened with the developers, like what brought them to that, but but yeah, it was it, it's great that you know it was the time that Nintendo was censoring stuff because at this time Nintendo sixty four we had the Doom sixty four you know where they like took all the strippers out of it and stuff like that. So it was kind of a time where Nintendo was like pretty much controlling the stuff that was on the sixty four. You know, we saw different versions that were altered and all that stuff. So it was really nice that this one wasn't, you know, where they just went and just went, were able to just go crazy with it and do some stuff, which playing it a second time or playing it, not a second time, but however many times I've played it, playing it recently. But what I was saying is when I played it this time, there's a lot of stuff in the game that's just incredibly disturbing that I forgot about where I'm like, oh shit, that's what happens. And it's like, oh fuck that guy. Like they really, they really just like steered right into it. Like a the part, like the part I was talking about with the shitting cows, like when I was doing that, you know, where the cow comes out and she's like, oh, you know, oh, Mabel, see me, whatever, Mabel and Olive. 
and then she, you know, eats the prune juice and then starts pooping and then you just like kill her with the, with the bowl. It's like, oh fuck, I didn't even, I forgot about that. That you're just destroying, you're just, you, you know, you're just like, come out here and poop and then you kill them and there's like two others like that. It's just, they're really just like unapologetic about it. You know, it's very much like. What are the, the like catfish ladies? You just kill them too. Yeah. You kill, yeah. You kill or a catfish. Them, you kill them. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of it, it's like, and I felt bad. Like when you, when you get to the prehistoric thing the first time and you find the baby dinosaur and you like line up the baby dinosaur to get sacrificed to the dinosaur God, like that kind of was like, Oh fuck, that's kind of fucked up. Like you're killing this like fucking baby dinosaur, like right here. Just, and you don't care, you know, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> I felt a little weird about it. Like a little like, oh, wow. Okay. I forgot. I forgot where all, all the places where this game goes. I wonder if the part where you jump on the sunflower's boobs would make the cut these days. That part's really weird yeah. too. <laughs> I would hope so. Cause that's like how you get up to that platform. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that was a part that I kind of had a hard time getting through also this time because because if you like, you know, when you're trying to collect the bees, like that's all one thing. There's no checkpoints in that. Mm-hmm. So like, and even if you don't remember where all the bees are and like, maybe you go through a door by accident, everything resets. So like that, that was kind of, I found that a couple of times where I'm like, I don't remember where all the bees are. And if you accidentally go into the barn, the bees reset. So you got to go back and talk to the bees again and start the whole, like, you know, you have to talk to one. Yeah. I think you have to talk to her and then you have to go talk to the bees and then you have to start it again. So like, yes, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, things you have to go through before you get to it. And it's like, oh my God. But for the time, you know, for 20 years ago, like I still feel like a lot of it still is pretty smooth, even though, you know, it's, it's, it's 64 play, but I mean, I think as far as like all the games go, I think it's still aged pretty well. Like, You think it looks good still? Yeah, I, th- I think it looks good. It looked good on my tube TV, you know, like I didn't really, I wasn't like, oh, this, this looks bad. I still think the, I mean, you can tell. I mean, you can obviously tell with the stream because I'm I'm playing it just on a regular 64 with no, with no HD like upgrade or, or you know or, or a 480p or any of that stuff. You can you can kind of tell that it's that it's from an old 64, but I don't think it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's like fully voiced. Like all all the animation looks great. Like the cutscenes still look great, and it doesn't bother me. Like it didn't. You know, like I said, aside from quality of life stuff, like like camera like camera controls and checkpoints and stuff like that. It still it still plays really well. I mean, I was able to play through it, and the reason that I thought that I could do a whole like play it in one run thing was because you know my my time on it that I had saved was eight hours. Like I beat the whole thing mm-hmm. in eight hours, so I was like, well, if I split it up into two four hour playthroughs, I could do it. But then I forgot that I would because it ended up taking me like I think almost twelve hours this time just because I wasn't just because I hadn't played it for a while. But if you're but if you're pretty good at it, you can you can blow through it. But it's a lot of fun to play. And also, I I think a lot of people f- f- fail to re- fail to mention that there's the uh, the multiplayer. There's a multiplayer aspect on mm-hmm. there, which uh, you were talking about playing Martin earlier. And and you remember uh, our our friends uh, from the dorm, uh, Mark and Ryan, mm-hmm. they played it all the time, and they called it Evil Teddy Empires. Is what they is yeah. what they refer to it as, and they would play the multiplayer on there a bunch. And I just it was something that I just never really got into, but they just loved it. They just like ran with it, and that was their favorite thing. Was was the Teddy? It was the Teddy Empire, whatever whatever it was. It was it was some sort of like deathmatch thing, right? With the tank uh-huh. that you could use. There's like yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of different modes. I think there was like capture the flag mode too, and but it was uh, yeah. the Teddies were pretty hilarious, even though definitely <laughs> offensive in their own way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of variety in the multiplayer mode. I think that was the the thing I appreciated about it was um, one of my favorite modes was the I think it was Raptor, where you played as the 
you can either play as a dinosaur or the little um, cave people. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and you had to kind of like go and uh, like nick an egg and, and bring mm. it back. And, and, and one of the things I liked was you could, you could have AI controlled enemies. So I would play that mode where we, you know, me and me and my friends, you know, we'd be the cave people and then we'd have the AI control the dinosaur. And of course it just come running around the corner and it would just terrify you every time. <laughs> it just kill you in one, yeah. but it just kind of made it really fun because more often than not, lots of the experiences on, you know, when they explore the time is it's just you versus all the other players. Whereas it kind of gave you that dynamic of, well, actually you can team up against the computer and play together. And I think, you know, Perfect Dark was another game around that time where mm. you could do that. And it was quite, quite novel and quite a change from maybe the f- sort of early gen N64. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and rare, like having such a great track record on 64. And I feel like this was like the last real time that I know, I know rare has made stuff ever since, but I feel like this was like the golden time for rare. Cause they had so many, you know, like Banjo Kazooie and like, and like mm-hmm. Donkey Kong 64 and Diddy Kong racing and golden eye and perfect dark. And, I felt like this game did such a good, just just a good way of just bringing everything together and being like, this is kind of like a greatest hits of the stuff that we did. And we'll try to bring into aspects of all these different games. And that was really cool. You know, it, as, as much as, as hard as it is to do like some of the first person shooting stuff with the teddies and all that, it's just cool that they tried to do that. And I felt like that in the end, you get this really cool game that just has all these different play modes. Like just even thinking about, you know, like the the part where you get to the Dracula mode, where you're flying around and pooping on people and picking them up mm-hmm. and taking them to the vampire and all that. It's like lots of poop in this game. It's just yeah, but it but the, the control styles are just it's all over the place. It's it's like half the game is like a platformer, but then it just kind of just jumps off the rails and it's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. what if we were what if we were like a zombie shooter game or what if we were like a flight game or what if we you know it's like what if we put all this stuff at the end and I, I do remember that being a little weird at the time but i love that it was in there just because there's so much gameplay variety mm-hmm. you know in the end where yeah. it's like where it's like oh well you know you might only be good at one part but then you got to do this fucking zombie thing which is really hard in itself but it still keeps the game fresh i guess and those and things just, run at you yeah i remember those things were terrifying oh yeah basically what i was doing and then and i and i mentioned on the stream i it's just the same way i beat like one of the, some of the difficult levels in golden eyes i would basically go and trigger the event and have them run at me. And then I'll like run all the way back to the front, uh-huh. to the front and then shoot them and wait till I get enough space in between them and me. And then I'll turn around and start shooting mm. I do that in Resident Evil 4 all the time. The, there was a level in GoldenEye on 64 where I beat the entire level behind a door shooting through the window because, <laughs> because you could do that. You could basically trigger the guys and have them follow you. And then you go into this room and then you shoot them through the, through the window of the door and then you go back and do the same thing, and I was able to beat it on 007 mode by doing that through the whole fucking level. I forget which level wow. it was, but yeah, you could just have everybody follow you, and then you shut the door, and then you shoot them through the window, and they can't get you. So it's like that's uh, kind of it's kind of like what I was doing <laughs> for the zombie stuff too. But but also, thankfully, you can run faster than the zombies. So when you get to the end there, which I said was probably one of the most difficult things, was the end of the Dracula Castle, where you have to get three you have to get three keys to get out. And there's no checkpoints in between each key. And and you basically, you know, you, you, you kill all the zombies on the way to the key in hopes to come back with them not being there. But they still respawn in that final hallway before you get to the door. So it's like, I ended up just running past them, like, towards the end there. Because I was just tired of shooting them. And I'm like, I'm just going to fucking mm-hmm. run past them. Fuck those guys. And I'll run past them when I got the key. And I did that. And finally, and there was one there was one stream where I almost rage quit because... Because on the third one, when you when you get the third key, there's a switch that you have to move to open a door, 
And if you don't open the door before you get the key, you're screwed and you have to die. Like there's nothing for you. There's nothing you can do other than die. Like there's no, hmm. because you can't jump when you have the key and you can't let, and you can't drop the key once you have the key. So if you drop the key and you walk over to the locked door, you can't do anything other than kill yourself. And I had to do that because there's no, there's nothing else to do. If you, if you miss, if you miss the, uh, if you completely miss the thing. So it's like, there's some stuff that's aged really, really badly in that way. Like I said, some switches are kind of hard to see. That was one that I completely missed. And I was so excited about getting the final key that I didn't get it. And I ended up getting fucked because I had, I had to kill myself and start all over again because you can't do anything. Once you get the key, the third one, you can't, you can't do anything. So you're just stuck. Aside from all of the difficulties that I had playing through it, I still think the game is really, really good. So in a way, it's conquered less great rare game. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to say that. Like, there's a lot of people that like yes. their newer stuff, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, there was that new Perfect Dark game. I know that. I mean, you played some of it, right? The Martin, Martin, the you, you played the Sea of Thieves. That, that's their, there's two, right? The online multiplayer. Yeah, a lot of people like that one, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this is this is sacrilege for me to say, but I think Sea of Thieves may well be my favorite rare game. <laughs> Yeah, as much okay. as I love the N64, I agree. I think the N64 is rare's golden era because just the sheer amount of output and the quality of the games for the time are great. Um, I think, and I, I didn't play too much of the stuff in between, but, um, but yeah, Sea of Thieves is a, but it's a game where I, you've got to play it with friends and things like that. So I think it's a, in terms of a single player game, it wouldn't, it wouldn't top my list. That's for certain. Yeah. I'd say one thing I just kind of thought of recently when I was looking at all this Conquer stuff. Obviously it was meant to be a mature game, but I'm sure I'm sure a lot of kids played it anyway, but it did kind of feel like we were growing up with rare in a sense because going back to like when they first showed up on the scene and I know they'd been around for a while, but I remember you know, Donkey Kong Country was when I really started hearing about rare mm. about all these games and Killer Instinct and um I don't know, it's like the games got more mature as we got older. I don't know. It kind of felt that way. Like Conquer's Bad for a Day was like your favorite game company is making a, a game for an adult like you. And it sort of <laughs> I felt wish like we it, had, was, uh... it was being marketed that way to like you're a grown up gamer now. You get this game. Yeah, even though it's made for like teenagers, pretty much like the, the humor. <laughs> we should have tracked down for this for this episode some kids who like play played it back when they were like eight years old. Find out where they're at now, like in prisons. <laughs> like, you know, what are they doing? You know, what kind of crimes they committed? They all work in uh, sewers. <laughs> Flying around on hang gliders, pooping on people or something. You know, thinking they're Dracula. <laughs> well, you know, they killed a lot of cows. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> you guys, uh, I've been talking a lot or trying to talk about Conquer. Why don't you guys just talk about Conquer for a while? <laughs> Sure. Well, I uh, similarly, I played it Trey's copy first, and then I don't think I bought a copy until after the Toys R Us time, but I do remember seeing that giant bin of $10 games, and that's one of those things I always wish I could go back in time and be like, hey, buy all these. Just hoard them, but not really. Take me with you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't really want to like base my financial future on hoarding games that so other people can't play them, but it still would be nice to still have it. And I don't know what happened to my copy. I bought it. I couldn't have spent more than 20 bucks for it when I did finally buy it used later. And uh, that's when I finally beat it. The one time I like just sat down one time and just just like, I'm going to beat this game. Finally. I think that same summer I got through Majora's mask for the first time. So it was just like one of those times in my life where I was like, I got to beat these games. I, 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 you know, that I keep getting stuck on. So I played through it and loved it. And uh, 
And then, yeah, somewhere in time, it, it, it vanished between apartments years ago, probably at least closer to 15 years ago was the last time I, re- I remember seeing it. So I hope to own it again someday, but if I'm going to have it, it's going to have to be through something like the EverDrive if I ever get one of those or if they do some sort of re-release because I don't want to I don't want to drop a hundred bucks on a cartridge. Like I love this game, but I just don't know if that's, if I'm, I'm at that point of loving it, you know, but yeah, that's, I, I think it's a great game. I thought the music was great. I thought it was, uh, you could see the pedigree of, of rares, like 3d platforming, how good they were at that sort of thing. And I think in a lot of ways, this was cooler than Banjo Kazooie with like the, the context sensitive things that made it a little more approachable than all those, the weird like button combinations you'd have to do for all the special moves and, banjo and that becomes intuitive after a while but i don't know. i just like how conquer was a little more approachable in that regard and it looked really good it looked like it could have it didn't have to be what it was to have been a great game like it didn't have to be as overtly offensive i think they probably could have made a, a good family game out of it but i'm glad they they took the chance to make something that might seem dated now but it's still a very one-of-a-kind experience i, I think uh, i think one of the main things for me was uh it feels it it is kind of like sexist through the whole thing. It's kind of like anti women, you know, big time. And also, there's a lot of like, uh, there's some fat shaming stuff where it's just like, oh hey, this you know this person's a fat ass, and they just there's like that one part with the two uh, with the blocks where the guy's just like this fat ass is on top of me, and she never says anything. It's just that's the joke. It's fat ass, and it's like okay, <laughs> it's I don't know, like a lot of stuff like that. I don't think is really aged that well for the humor and yeah. And also the way, like I said, the way, the way that women are in the game, they don't really do much. Like Barry's just kind of dumb through the whole thing. And then she dies, you know, which, which blew me away in at the time that like, you're, you know, whatever you're, you're, you're a girlfriend that you're trying to rescue, like with the princess trope and all that stuff, it ends up not even working out in the end, which I guess was, was part of the game. And that really had a big effect on me also where the game like ends with such a down note in the end of it it doesn't even have a good ending it's just like it ends where it begins everything sucks yeah it's like and that's and that's why i used that ending on that tape and all that because i love the way it ended where it's just like where he's just depressed and he's angry you know and now he's the king and drinking milk sadly with this and he's doing you know with the with the um the clockwork orange you know thing and it just it just goes places that you didn't expect but yeah some of some of the stuff is a little bit i feel like they could be a little bit nicer to the women in there i guess i guess the the best thing is the the cogs that like go on vacation. That's about all they get for, <laughs> you know, for positive treatment of women. And, and then the stuff with the the whole cog part with the, uh, you know, with them being on the. I don't I don't know how to exactly explain it. To, it gets it gets very sexual for for that part. But yeah, part, yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it was very it's very much like dick like the dick and fart jokes of uh, of the nineties that you would expect. Like I don't know. It, it definitely is. It represents that era very well. I'd say. I think of the amount of scatological humor you could have just called it Conker's shitty day. And it would have been appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's that thing, isn't it? Where like the maybe poo jokes are timeless to some extent, depending on how well they're done. And I think like the, uh, you know, like the, the great mighty poo, like that holds up as a, as a sort of spectacle in the game, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not tied to any pop culture references. And again, it doesn't have that. You know, there's not, from what I remember, anyway, there's not that sort of sexist or kind of troublesome 
things in there because there's other bits in the game as well where like they kind of you know they're using like suicide as a joke and stuff like that and I remember even at the time playing that thinking oh, that's not really kind of I mean that just wasn't my humor and I, and I don't know how it how it landed with other people but some of it just as a result kind of you know it, it ages it and it's you know I think when I've played the game before and years later I've always seen it as this was a this was a technical masterpiece at the time. You look at Conquer's Bad Fur Day and, and what that is pushing forward compared to something like Mario 64, which, you know, don't be wrong, I love how Mario 64 looks, but right. just the, the technology behind it, you know, with the, all the animations and the voice and the lighting and stuff like that, it looks, it looks incredible. But yeah, when I go back and, I, and the humour, I'm just like, a lot of that I don't find funny anymore. But mm, I like yeah. the... Yeah, and I think it's one of those things you just have to play it and say, this is problematic. It's a product of its time. Mm-hmm. And the bits which are funny, great, you know? Sure. What you were saying about the, um, yeah, the suicide part, that part, like, really, where I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I forgot that was in there, where it's just uh, where you're in the barn and, like, the rake guy where the, where, the, where the paint was the paint can and the paintbrush is just like, oh, yeah, you should just kill yourself. And then the dude is just hanging from the top of the barn. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe. Like that was one that just really blew me away this time. I was like, "Wow, that is fucking, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "They went there, there," and it's like that definitely does not work right now. I don't. Well, then the punchline of that, right, yeah. is that he d- he doesn't have a neck, so he can't hang himself or whatever. Like, yeah, he doesn't have a neck, so he can't actually die. But it's a uh, yeah. When they went to when they're like, "Oh, you should just kill yourself," and he's like, "I'm gonna go kill myself." I was like, "Wow, okay, I totally forgot about this." Like, I don't know how I how I like put that. I think it's definitely a callback to some of the, you know, the old cartoons because that was a pretty common thing to happen in the old cartoons where they just like shoot themselves and like hang themselves yeah. and stuff. Like it happened all the time. And um, I think Conquer in many ways is like a reference to like a Tex Avery kind of like wacky kind of cartoon, I think. And maybe even before with some yeah. of the like more like turn of the century dark humor. I th- and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's from that time, and I think that you know it kind of carries on into the right up until the sort of you know early 2010, maybe a little bit beyond that, where humor at that point was it's it's like shock value, isn't it? It's like shock mm-hmm. humor. It's about saying in the most offensive thing. Like Family Guy was very much pushed that thing of just being offensive, and because it's offensive, it's funny. And, it, and I suppose this is the thing, you know, in hindsight, when you, when you get to where we are now, some of those things just do not land because actually mm-hmm. the world has changed. And so it's very easy to go back and say, oh, it wasn't funny, but actually people did find it funny at the time and because that's what humor was. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, but it makes it certainly makes the game feel aged in that regard. Uh, but I suppose also maybe the, some of the pop culture references, it's a, it's a similar thing there where if, you know, some of those some of the references in it I, I love how they're done like you know like the the the, the war one as you know which maybe is offensive given you know obviously it's referencing world war Two and stuff but you know it's a it's like a like for like parody of saving private ryan like mm-hmm. for that that the the omaha beach isn't it like scene for scene they even have the the squirrel picking up his arm and things like that which is <laughs> i mean it's just you know, I mean, it's really impressive on it in terms of how they recreated it. And, you know, and actually even now, I think it's, you still look at it and think, wow, this is, this is kind of crazy that they were able to recreate that. You know, it's a Spielberg blockbuster kind of. It, it's, it's funny because uh, I've never actually seen Saved Private Ryan. So 
if I ever did see it, it's all going to be me just looking for the parts from Conquer in there because Conquer was the way that I experienced that movie. So it's going to be like, I'm waiting for the guy to find the arm. I'm waiting for the part where, you know, uh, where he says, let's get the hell out of here or whatever. I don't know. So it's, yeah, I was trying to playing through it. And there's, there's some stuff that you notice more as well. Like, I don't, I don't know. There, there's some extra TV or some extra movie references that I missed the first time. Oh yeah. It was the one where, uh, the one where the mob boss like beats the guy with the, with the bat. I didn't realize that that's from the untouchables, which we just did an episode about that for our other show for how is it now? And I was like, Oh, that's uh that's that. I thought it was from a different movie originally, but that's, yeah, but that's that. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of the movies that they chose were pretty iconic and they're still kind of around, you know, we haven't really forgotten about the matrix. Maybe some of the kids have who haven't seen it, but I don't know, but it's, I, I felt like a lot of it's still, still the alien reference will always resound because yeah. I, don't, I don't see that movie going out of vogue. No, no, definitely not. It's very yeah. stylish. And they and they did it very well at the end of the game as well. Mm-hmm. Although it's horrendously hard and annoying if you don't get the timing exactly right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had an easier time throwing the alien at the end of this game than I did uh, throwing Bowser in, Mar- in Mario 64. So I felt it a lot easier, actually. Even though it took me a minute to figure out how to spin the alien around because you got to start really slowly and continue to do it slowly. Like, it doesn't... It is a control the same way that Mario 64 does in, in that aspect. But after all the war stuff, I think the war stuff is the hardest part of the game. Because it, it's a breeze after that, really. The Matrix stuff isn't that hard. And the aliens, once you figure out that you can block and you can punch the alien, it's easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the war bit in particular with the, I think when you're trying to escape with the with all the trip mines. And then when you're actually out on the beach and they've got the rocket launchers. And, and it, it almost becomes like an exercise in pixel perfect like movement shoot dodge oh it's just it's that part sucks yeah i ended up rage quitting on my playthrough because of that part because you know you beat the boss you know the character with the puppet hand which that was a big thing too there was a character in the tick that did the same thing where you have like the hand that's a different character and the big monster that's carrying the puppet hand you know like that thing and once you get out past that boss you know they do the you know the metroid uh gotta get out of here you know gotta run out in the time limit thing and all that and that's, I mean, thankfully, thankfully, there's like the there there is like a checkpoint in the middle of it, but just that first part, trying to get through with all the lasers and stuff, I was just I had ran out of patience, and I'm just like fuck this. And I got to, and I got to the very end where, you know, where where there's the lasers on the door, and you got to fight the teddies again, and I'm like, I'm like I can't do this, so I, so I had so I had to quit and just start over again. But this time when I was playing it last night, like. It kind of sucks that they make you use the fucking uh, bazooka because you've been play because you've been using the machine gun for so long, and I think it's way easier to use the machine gun than trying to move with the bazooka because you you, you move really fucking slow, so you have to like you have to bring it out and put it away and bring it out and put it away and kind of and I ended up just running through the whole thing and somehow I lived without getting killed without killing anybody. I was just like fuck this. I put the bazooka away and I just blasted through it. It took me a couple times, but I finally did it. But it's really, really hard if you try to actually shoot everybody with the bazooka at the end there. Like, it's definitely, like, because it moves so slow, and you're getting shot from from the sky, too, and you can get killed by that. So it's like, you could just die and not know why you died, you know? And then and that makes adds an extra layer of frustration to it. But I would, st- I mean, I would still love to see this game. I mean, we've talked about it a million times on this show how much we would love to see Rare, Rare Replay happen to the Switch, especially with, like, Nintendo and Microsoft being so buddy-buddy. 
on a lot of things, and I'm surprised they haven't yet. And then maybe that's something that's in the works that they'll do later. I don't know. I, I find it. I see like I feel like it's a major missed opportunity on that. And of course, like there's the the coveted Golden Eye re-release that everybody seems to want so badly that could maybe happen now that they're actually talking to each other again. I don't know. But if it was re-released on Switch, I would still ask people to play it as is. Just do it. Just do it like how they've been handling the the Muppet Show on uh, Disney Plus. You know, put a little warning at the beginning that's uh, that there's some that there's some stuff that's of the time, but you know, don't censor it. Just put it there and be like, "Hey, there's some stuff that that we did back then, and it wasn't necess- and it wasn't right, but we're keeping it in there just because." And I like that. Yeah, and I think they did that with the uh, with the Xbox One re-release, didn't they? On I played for it on Rare Replay on that, and it was just as is. And they chose to put the N64 game in, whereas, whereas they could have put in the the Xbox version. Mm-hmm. I thought it was quite interesting that they that they didn't. So, but I think that's the thing. You know, there's no point going back now and, and, and centering it and re-editing it because it's already out there. It's much better to say, you know, and I think Chris Siever, the, obviously the creator or the director of the game, you know, he said, actually, if I made that game nowadays, I would, you know, now today I would not make the same game. It would be completely different. And there's stuff that he regrets about, including the game apparently, which, which is fair enough, but it's a product of its time and doesn't necessarily make a ride or whatever, but it was what was made and that it was accepted at the time. And I think as long as you go into it sort of acknowledging, okay, this is what it's about, you know, you can, you can, it can still be problematic and you can still find enjoyment in it or, or see, see the value of what it offered maybe at the time, at least. For, for sure. Yeah. And uh, aside from the, um, maybe the, there's also kind of some uh, xenophobic like stereotypes and stuff in there as well, but I still think the voices are pretty hysterical like to listen to now some of them are like the dung beetles i always got a kick out of and i still think they're pretty funny the, the way the way they talk but yeah yeah a lot of it's kind of what's uh what's what's like your favorite part still or what was your most memorable part any of you i put down for this i was thinking about this because i think it's i imagine the great mighty poo is going to feature for a lot of people but for me it's um it's the rock solid nightclub oh, yeah. uh, where, where you go in and it's got all oh, yeah. the uh, we're well, not little the rock rock people sort of dancing and stuff like that and i think for me it's just that it's the music uh the lighting because it's like a full-on light show and everything it's just the ambience of it and the atmosphere that they just created in that part of the game it's magical and it really is like a you know a technical achievement you know standout sort of moment on the n64 for me so yeah i i always remember that and i just remember the music being great and it was lots of like little like lasers sort of like shooting around the screen and stuff. Yeah. And it seemed advanced and really cool at the time. I imagine most people play it now and go, eh, it's not that great. It's like, oh, is this what a club's like? I had yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. a club at that point. <laughs> yeah. There's like your piss all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize like how much uh, being drunk makes you pee. I mean, it does, you know, you can get the, get the beer pees as, as we, as we call them or the drunk pees, but yeah, that's basically what you do in that game is get drunk so you can pee on people, which that's something that I'd forgotten about. But it's still, it was just kind of hilarious that it was in there. And just the fact that it was on a Nintendo game that you could piss on people. I was like, wow, that's, I was like, we've reached the pinnacle of video gaming. It can't go any farther from here. This is it. We, we, we've, uh, we've created the greatest game of all time, or they created the greatest game of all time at the time. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, playing the the rock solid club again, and like the and you know like seeing like the people dancing and the rock the rock women like dancing with the 
with the boobs and the butt and all that, I was like, oh, I, th- I was like, I think that might have awakened something in me when I was when I was younger when I played it. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a lot hard. The N sixty four jiggle. <laughs> yeah, there's it's all over the place. Well, especially with Jugga later, but but the rock the rock ones are like yeah. Trey likes rock people confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> they get his rocks off. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it? Yeah, it's it was just funny. Like I don't know the characters there. Most people would say the Great Mighty Pooh is is the best part, but c- playing it again, and I think that I would say this, like even thinking about it later, I really like the horror stuff because the horror stuff is always my favorite. Like I, I like the Dracula's Castle, and I like pooping on the people and like flying around as the bat and shooting the zombies and all that. That part was really cool as a bat, and mm. and, and as annoying as that final like three key part is. I actually still kind of like it. Like after I played through it at all, I was like, you know what? I still think that's cool. And I think like as a choice for them to not have a, not have a checkpoint in there is, you know, is a total forgivable thing. Like I didn't feel like it was completely unfair because you can, you can do it. You just have to learn it, you know, and, and that's old school gaming. And I, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. So let's say definitely playing it this time again, I really enjoy that where all of a sudden it becomes a horror game, like a survival horror game. Cause I love those games. So it was like, you know, it's like it's like Doom sixty four almost, but not as good. Captures the mood of of a horror game, and it's 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 a stressful moment in the game. I always find, and I and it kind of gives me that same feeling in a horror game where it's like you're just trying to get through it and get out and not have like one of those zombies just be waiting in the corridor for you when you're trying to run back or something. So yeah, no, yeah. I think you're I think you're spot on there. And and the funny thing is, is you're basically controlling the character the same way you would control Leon in Resident Evil 4. It's still the same fucking broken-ass controlling where you can't, like, run and aim at the same time. You know, it's the same thing where you have to stop and aim and shoot the guy and there's and there's the laser. Like, you could even argue that Resident Evil 4 stole their playstyle from Conker's Bad Fur Day because it's pretty much the same fucking thing. The way you, like, run and stop and aim. And that will always be my... My my thing that I'll say about Resident Evil Four when people talk about it being the best game ever, I'm like, but the controls are still fucking shoddy. Like they should have fixed them. <laughs> you know, they in, in one of those re-releases, they should have fucking fixed it and made it to where you could run and shoot at the same time, instead of this whole like stop and aim like like that you can do in Conquer. It's the same controls. I don't know. Yeah, for me, I think the mo- the most memorable moments were just like the all the really visceral stuff because it was shocking at the time. And, it, and that was the that was the intention, but of course the great mighty poo. But I remember like when you feed it was towards the beginning of the game when you feed the the rat all the cheese and like yeah. you see the him explode from the from the butthole. Yeah, like like his butthole is the point of explosion, and you like watch it happen. I'm just like they really had to show the butthole, huh? Like it was really important to like <laughs> to show us that. And in a way, it reminded me like I think there's like a well, I know there's like a Monty Python skit where it's kind of a similar thing where a guy explodes from eating too much so i'm sure that was probably the reference but i still just remember being extremely like why was there a butthole like i don't know it really kind of caught me <laughs> off guard yeah there's there's a lot of butts in there like because they do uh i mean then he dies die. too well he, he doesn't he doesn't die he comes back later he's your he's with you at the end of the game he's one of he's one of the people that's in your kingdom that you don't want to be around is the farty rat from, from the cheese and all that which I think that was funny, where it's like you're stuck with all these people that you don't like, but that's who you're, who are your friends now at the end of the game. You know, like the ones that didn't get killed, they 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 end up being your people, like the like the paintbrush and the paint can and and the rake and 
and the and the fart rat and the and the rodent, the the like indestructible rodent, and like all these people that you hate, but they're they're your friends now, <laughs> and that's what you're stuck with. And it and it does like a little, it does like a subject. little, yeah. And they even do like an after credits thing where Conker goes back to the bar and gets drunk again, and then goes home. And I always kind of secretly hoped that there would be a Conker two where you get to do the second bad day, where he's a king, he's the king, but he gets lost again on the way home. It's just a bit a game about a bender at that point. Yeah. It's, it's something I want to mention before I forget about it is it's really cool how they, and I always love how people do this in storytelling. Like people are good at good at writing stuff where they kind of like establish a lot of the stuff that's going to happen later early in the game. Like at the very beginning of the game, when he's talking to Barry on the phone, he says that he's drinking with guys that are going to go to war later. You know, he's like, I'm drinking with these guys that I think are going to war or something. So they're already talking about the war stuff and they're already kind of setting up. And I always loved how you can actually go, you can go straight to the castle. Like it'll show you how close the castle is, but you can't get there because of the rope bridge that breaks on the way there, you know? So it's like everything kind of has its own space and they did really well where you could see stuff in the background and you're like, Oh, well that's where that is. That's where I need to go to get that, to get to that. And I felt like everything was connected well in the overworld, I guess, if you would call it that. But it's pretty cool that you can just like, oh yeah, here's where you need to go at the very end, and you can go there at the beginning. You just can't go because the bridge is broken, you know. So it's they do a good good way of establishing stuff you'll get to later in the game at the beginning, and I love that. Yeah, I love it when when good story writing does that. Is there anybody? Did you have anything else to say about the Congress Bad Fur Day? I think we we talked a lot about it through all of the garbage that we had to deal with in the internet. But is there anything else you guys want to say about it that you haven't said? I probably had the least amount of experience with the game. The only time that I played it was when I borrowed your copy tray. And so I guess the, you know, my favorite would be the one that everyone said would probably be on the list. Yeah. It's the great mighty poo. It's a fantastic song. And it's just so great to, to hear. I think that's probably the first time that I heard a video game character, like sing a full song, certainly as part of a level. I just thought that that was just an amazing, amazing video game moment. Even like the timing of when you want to like attack him has to do with how the song. So in a way, it's almost got like a rhythm game element to it. Yeah, yeah, it feels oh, integrated. Yeah, because yeah, he starts us uh, because he'll be singing when you when you throw the toilet paper at him, so or at them, you know, whatever. And it's a yeah, it, it really blew me away, and it was one of those things because when I when I recorded that tape that we were talking about earlier, you know, I recorded myself basically doing a perfect playthrough of the Great Mighty Pooh, so I was pretty. I was pretty proud of myself because that was just me playing it because, you know, there's, it goes in parts. And at that time, if you wanted to get a whole song, you just have to play it and record it while you're playing it and hope not to spend too much time missing, you know, with, with the toilet paper. And I thought I actually did it pretty well where there's not like much in between stuff. It was just pretty cool. And I have, I have the record of it. You know, I have the, 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 the soundtrack on record and it's basically sounds like somebody's playing through it because, because you kind of have to in that part. And it's, yeah. It's great. It is it's definitely still very memorable, and it's a great song. And what was it? Um, they they did a reference to it in uh, the Mario Plus Rabbits game, where you get when when you meet the like fan of the opera guy in the Halloween in the Halloween level. There's a song there that is supposed to be reminiscent of the Great Mighty Pooh. It's like kind of it has the same energy, I guess, minus all the poop. But they did they did kind of bring it back later for a game that had. They had, I think, David. Was it David Wise or was it a, or is it? It was one. It was one of the guys that did. Uh, it was Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I have this. I have the soundtrack of that too. Because he, yeah, because he worked on um, the Golden Eye. I remember because I saw him give a give a talk, and he was talking about that, that song. Yep. But yeah, supposedly the uh, 
there was a reference in there to it in the in the the Phantom of the of the Boapra song from that game. So it still kind of lives on in its own way. I don't know. I was I, I know they did like some sort of Sonic or not Sonic, some sort of Conquer sequel on uh, Xbox One, but I never really played it. Like where he was like barely in there. And, but it would be nice to see him make a return. Maybe he could, if they could find a way for him to exist somehow. I know, like, you know, he's kind of in the same realm as Duke Nukem, where you get, like, a Duke Nukem Forever situation or something like that, where you bring him back and it's going to be all aged. But I th- I feel like there's ways to deal with it, where if you can make it funny that he's still the asshole that he was in the game. Because he's a total asshole. Like, he doesn't really he doesn't really care at all about all the people that get killed on the way there, you know. So you kind of feel bad for him, but you kind of don't in the end <laughs> of, of Conker's, of what end, ends up becoming of him, you know. So put him in Smash. <laughs> that would be an interesting character in there. He has a lot of weapons, so I mean, it would have to just be the the pan, but yeah. Well, you have to just well, piss on everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty projectile. Fun. Yeah. All right. So, last thing I want to talk about before we're before we're done with this episode is I want to we have to talk about the another supposed Switch Pro leak. Xbox Nintendo PlayStation Grand Prix. Rumors. This one seems to be more feasible. Now, I was trying to figure out where exactly this came from, or like who was the one who was saying it. It's not some like you know, it's like it's not some fucking Twitter person that's like, hey, I know things and I can predict the future somehow. This, am, am I right in saying that this was reported from the uh, from the actual people who are making the technology? Right? Is is that where they got the the story from on this on the newest Switch? Reported Switch? by Bloomberg. Well. But I don't well, know who they spoke to. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, w- it was from Bloomberg, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm saying who actually was the one who said it. And from what I found, what they claim with their article is that the people who the people who are making the technology for Nintendo are the ones who said that this that this is happening. They received an order for X amount of chips or whatever, like the ramping up yeah. production. Yeah, that, that's where that's what they were saying. So I'm trying to you know I'm trying to make sure like I'm like well people are saying that this is. That this one is real, but I'm like, well, why? Why are they saying that it's real? I just tried to look at the article, but I forgot that I don't have internet, so it's not going to help me. <laughs> at least I could still try to click on it. But yeah, I think I think it's from the actual manufacturers, right, that are saying that, okay, this is what it is. Because it's really weird for them to just go do that. To just like go out and say it and be like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening. Because I know Doug Bowser like said said that he was like, oh, no, we're, we're not interested in, in releasing anything like that as of right now. But I mean, how do you guys feel? Do you think it's legit? I mean, I know. I legit. think it's happening. Yeah, no. I think there's, it's legit. There's enough, there's enough other outlets, you know, doubling down and reporting on the Bloomberg article. Notable I mean, outlets. That's, so. I mean, that's how everything works now, though. One person reports one thing, and then twenty other, and then twenty other websites say the same thing, and people pretend that that's news. Not every switch rumor that had come out made the rounds through the more notable ones like IGN and Kotaku, the big, the big guys. Uh, we heard it from like the smaller ones, like Nintendo enthusiasts and such things. But this one actually made the rounds. So that says to me that their reporters checked it out and did some kind of verification. So, yeah, I, I believe it. Apparently it came from Samsung is what it's looking like. They're the ones who said that they needed to start mass production of the, o- o- the OLED panels. So it kind of annoys me because... It seems to be like the what they're the story that they're putting together here is basically that I would have to get all new switch docks and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I already have two. I, I don't want to buy two new ones. Maybe it'll fit in the current one. Maybe it'll stick out a little bit. Won't be aesthetically pleasing. 
I don't think I it think is possibility there. From the way that I've read on it, I think the thing that's actually changing the most is the dock. Like that's actually what's gonna put out the 4K because the screen in itself isn't changing. It's isn't isn't changing the resolution. It's still gonna be 720p. That's what people are saying, and they're having a fit about already. Is it's just gonna? But it's it OLED, so it's gonna be like much higher quality. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think a lot of it's gonna be you have to get new everything. You have to get the new new uh dock and new i don't know that's fine by me i would i'm gonna do it you know i've had this for four years so and if it's an actual notable upgrade like i've never upgraded yeah. i don't think i've ever upgraded before like i never even got the ds light i had my original ds the whole time but this seems like a actual notable upgrade like a true 0.5 a 1.5 version of the switch so i'll do it it'll it, be it my excuse it. to get a second switch that i've been looking for yeah I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I hope it doesn't, I mean, I would, I hope for it to go your way, John, but I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a new dock too. And that's just going to throw into a wrench into my whole setup here. So I I would prefer, I would prefer the new dock. I was saying, I thought maybe that would be the case, but I would prefer getting the new dock and the whole new system, everything. But then everything that I have already is going to become obsolete. And that's just annoying for me because I already have this, I already have this setup that I use. And I'd like, I wouldn't like to buy it. It's not really obsolete though. I mean, you still have old consoles that you use. So you'll find a way. But but I'm not going to use it. I don't want to have three switches. (laughs) I mean, that's going to. I mean, if get rid of your I mean, old I, switch. I mean, I was going to turn. I, I I would probably trade in my old switch for the new one because I can't afford to just buy one. It's not like we're working right now. If it gets released this year, I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure none of us will be able to buy it. If it if it, right, if I don't it, think if, I'll be able to buy it right away either. But if it ends up coming out for like three hundred, four hundred dollars or whatever, you know, I mean, nobody can throw money at that. I'd imagine it'll be four hundred. Yeah, it's going to be more. I would say. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what I'm angry about, and. And I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied with the Switch as is. But what I'm really interested in is I've seen some other rumors like blossoming off of this saying that, saying that there, that there's some like, there might be some games that only work on the Switch, on the new Switch. And that's what I'm really interested in is what is, what is it going to be that only works on that? But as far as like 4K stuff, like I have a 4K TV and the Switch looks great on it. I know, I know some TVs upscale the Switch and some people say that it looks bad on it, but I can tell a major difference between that TV and any of the other TVs in my house as far as displaying the Switch. Like it, the colors really pop and it looks a lot better than it does. So I don't know. It depends. I still play the Switch all the time, so I'm not really a person to ask as far as tech goes or anything like that because... I think it looks great, you know, aside from like frame rate hiccups and stuff like that, which I don't even really notice. So, I mean, how do you feel like you just got one recently, Martin? Like, would you be interested in buying another Switch if they did some sort of like Switch Pro version? It's a really hard one to say because I, the thing, when I've been reading about these, these rumors, the thing which it kind of reminds me of is with the 3DS and how they did the XL, but then they obviously went on to the new 3DS, which I was really excited for at the time because I was like, oh, it's going to be more powerful and they're going to release new Nintendo 3DS games. You know, they only run on that. And it kind of felt underwhelming in the end because I think it was only a handful of games that got released. Um, and obviously, one of them was, was Xenoblade. We thought that was a good trade. But, you know, they, they didn't really capitalize on it. And I kind of feel like if Nintendo are going to go down this route again, what would be nice is... And it's not clear yet, but if they're going to stick with the Switch for a long time and then that becomes like the new sort of base model, you know, which they start to sort of push and then they keep the Switch sort of out there in, in the ether for a, for a much longer period of time than, than the usual console cycle. But I think fair enough, you know, because it kind of future proofs it, gives it a bit more power. And I suppose it will always still be 
tied to you know the original switch and and the you know your games sorry will be tied to the original switch and, and the spec of that but equally I, I'm with you Trey. I think the games look great on the switch you know as they are you know when you when you look at them I don't I don't think they need to be adding 4k resolution to lots of them isn't going to make a huge difference if you've got a decent tv and it can handle 1080p content mm-hmm. sort of well I think it'd be nice to get a, a performance boost in certain games, though. I think like things like Hurl Warriors, Age of Calamity really struggles on the old frame rate front. It'd be nice if yeah. you know, maybe there's some sort of optimization patch or something. But yeah, you know, it, it kind of, I always feel like with these things, once you start, you know, every generation, and it's kind of like the thing now, you know, we had it with the, the PlayStation 4 and the Pro and the Xbox One and then, this, and then the Xbox One X, you end up with this split sort of base. And I, I mean, the the good thing now, though, is compare. I always think back to like the N64 and how you had the RAM pack, and then you just had very few games that actually took full advantage of the RAM pack and were, you know, RAM pack only games. I think there's three of them in total. But one, of, one means, of them that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if Conquer uses it, actually. Um, I, thought, I thought Conquer did use it. No, no. no. And, but you'd think it would. That's the thing because it looks mm. so good. It's because um, it's Majora's Mask, Perfect Dark, and. Donkey Kong. Kong. Donkey Kong, yes. That's but the it, the DK64 only uses it because it like gets rid of a game-breaking bug or something, I think. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't have needed it yet. Yeah. and But that's the thing is, you know, it was so underutilized. You didn't end up with all these games because you're splitting your market. You're essentially going to say, well, you know, you can only buy this game if it works for this. What I would hope they would do with a, with a Switch Pro is maybe not go down that route. If they are going to go down it, maybe make it, you know, some the odd couple of first party games, but very much push the whole optimization uh, sort of patching. And that's that's something which, you know, Xbox has done really well with its backwards compatibility sort of functionality on its, um, you know, on the Series S and the Series X consoles now, where, you know, you can play, uh, you know, certain games like 360 games and certain Xbox One games in like double the frame rate and stuff like that and it's just really nice like so I went from playing Monster Hunter World which we talked about earlier you know I played that on the original Xbox One and it's it's just awful like I could never get into it because the frame rate is so sluggish and things and now you know you play it I've got a Series S now you play it on that it runs at 60 frames per second and it's and it's it's like a transformative experience you know so I'd love to see the the games which really, you know, which maybe struggle on Switch and don't do so well, like something like maybe something like Doom Eternal, which is obviously really, really well optimized, doesn't struggle as such. But if they could get it close to what it's like on a, um, you know, on the more powerful consoles on a PC, you know, get 60 FPS in there and you're playing that on a lovely OLED screen, that'd be amazing. So, um, and it's all easy to do with, you know, with obviously with patches and updates and downloads. So, I think I think it could I think it could do well, and I could certainly see people upgrading to it, maybe trading in, which would also help with then people being able to get hold of a switch because there'd be loads of secondhand ones. Yeah, I mean that's going to be its own thing too, because I mean you hear about uh, the PlayStation Fives like being hard to get, and and the Switch was hard to get like already on this version, and when they if they make a new one, like how hard that's is that going to be to get? And there's and they were talking like that it'll even release in like July which is like around the time of when like Skyward Sword and all that's going to come out. So that seems like so soon, you know, I don't know. I don't couldn't see myself getting it anytime soon as that soon, but who knows, you know, everything's kind of up in the air now with this, in this pandemic and life and all that stuff. I don't know. And I think they're going to have to be, Nintendo's going to have to be, well, maybe it won't be, I don't know, because they're just selling everything of theirs is selling like hotcakes anyway. But if they're smart with the price, 
and they can make the reason for upgrading compelling enough, I think they'll fly off the shelves. And and we've seen that with the PS5 and the, and the Series X, you know, they're, they're always selling out because I think the price point, although, you know, for, for quite a lot of people at the moment, that price point is still too high, but it's it's competitive enough. Yeah. And for the, the bang for your buck is the most important thing there. You get such good value for money out of those systems. I think Nintendo's got to to show that the upgrade is worth having i wouldn't be surprised if at least for the time being their expectation is to just have like you know a minimal yeah have it be a minimal total of the switch marketplace right this is just for the people like us who really want an upgrade in or maybe itching to get a ps5 and an xbox or whatever but hey guys what about this we got a new switch pro okay cool i'll get that instead I think that for the majority of the people, it's going to be the regular model. I think they'll probably continue the production of the regular model as the quote unquote budget model. So you, now you'll have a three tier mm-hmm. system. You have the light, you have the light, you have the regular mm-hmm. old model, and then you have the pro model. That one will be yeah, here. Really good. So maybe it, maybe, they, maybe they'll drop the price to like two fifty on the base model. I don't know. I wouldn't see. I couldn't see them dropping it unless they also dropped the light price. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe they would like release that at like 400 and then maybe drop the price of the base model i don't know yeah yeah for sure i mean we'll 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 see of course we'll talk about it as it as it continues to go but yeah i think i think a lot of it the main reason for releasing a newer version would have to be yeah to try to compete with uh which nintendo's not really ever really trying to compete with playstation and microsoft but the main problem will be well well that when all the games are being made for those systems which will probably be like three or four years down the road when they're actually getting to the point where there's a lot of stuff and you can't really port anything, then you definitely need a new one. But I was hoping they would just do a switch too, where you could just bring everything, you know, kind of like what they've been doing with PS five and Microsoft, whatever, where you could just like upgrade games, old games that you have to like the newer system for free or for, for whatever, you know, and just bring it over. Cause I wouldn't want to lose my collection that I have on the switch for a new switch. I want everything to just come to the new switch and run better on there, but still be accessible. You know, I feel like with Nintendo, they I mean, they we're talking about, you know, how the four, last four years have been, I mean, they have literally struck gold. And I feel like you made a really good comparison earlier about with the Wii and how, you know, obviously that sold gangbusters, but it was about the hardware and getting one or two games with it. And then most people just didn't go further. Whereas you've now got a system that people are so invested in and they are buying humongous catalogs of games you know you guys are playing through loads and loads of stuff i clearly need to catch up mm-hmm. and you know when it if there's a reason or a way in they which they can keep the switch going so long as the popularity is still there and support it for you know try you know crazy talk but even if they could sort it for, for another five years or something as so long as the popularity and the demand is still there yep. they should just do that because and then if they make another console maybe consider doing what they used to do and go from the, you know, the, the NES to the super NES and have a, have a super switch or switch two, as you're saying, and yeah. just iterate as opposed to completely revolutionize because, you know, it's kind of like throwing it, you know, the baby out, baby out with the bathwater. And it's like, well, actually if it's working and it's printing money for them, they should just keep doing that, you know, because everyone's yeah. happy with it. We're all enjoying the console. Yeah. It's not like they're having a hard time selling it or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Yeah. Cool. Does anybody have anything else to say about the Switch Pro or whatever? Super Switch, whatever they call it. Switch. <laughs> nope. Super Switch Pro XL Plus. Switch. <laughs> Remix HD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Well, uh, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us again, Martin. Please tell everyone where to find you. I, I saw you like you've been doing some more streaming stuff. Uh, tell us what's been happening with uh, N64 today. So yeah, I'm kind of I had a bit of a hiatus at the end of last year, but I'm kind of getting back into focus mode and sort of back on the content creation wagon. So you can find my blog N64 today, which is a blog for people who uh, still play. Nintendo 64 today it covers sort of news reviews and N64 mods, which are being released by um, by creators in the community. You can sort of find out about stuff there. And that's at n64today.com. And I've just posted a, a recent article there, a review of a, um, a new wireless controller that's come out for the N64. So something worth checking out if you're looking to get a new gamepad for your for your your old N64. My the original joysticks might not be running so uh, so smoothly anymore. Mm. Too much Mario uh, Party. Too much Mario Party. Yeah, don't don't oh spin those sticks, guys. Um, it's not good for them. And yeah, otherwise I'm on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv forward slash N64 today, and I'm I'm trying to get back into a weekly stream. Uh, I recently did a, a charity stream, which was far more successful than I thought it was going to be. So it was really really good and really fun, and it kind of spurred the N64 sort of getting through some n64 games back back into uh to my mindset so yeah i'm, I'm i usually stream on a on a wednesday evening uk time so i think it's around 8 8 p.m gmt which isn't ideal for everyone but it works for me so uh want to pop in and say hi please do always always good to chat n64 and nintendo with like-minded people yeah, I've been I've been trying to uh, I don't know I've been trying to like pay attention to Twitch stuff more often, and I did see your charity stream, and you you play a lot of cool stuff on there, like a lot of like uh, like newer versions or uh, somebody has created like something based off of the Banjo Kazooie engine and, and stuff like that. It seems like you have some really interesting games you've been playing on there. Yeah, there's there's some um, some fantastic mods out there, and um, I think the one in question, I think the one you're probably referring to is um, there's this great mod called Banjo Kazooie Stay at Home, which the name's going to change very soon. It was a mod, <laughs> a mod that um, hopefully it's going to change very soon. You know, once this pandemic's over, but a mod that was created to um, keep designed to keep people indoors, like N64 fans indoors playing um, playing Banjo Kazooie, and it's a crossover mod where you can play levels from Mario 64, Donkey Kong, uh, Bomberman 64. There's a Goldeneye level in there, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Like the production values on it are insane. Like the guy who's made it, Kirko Mods, he, he's actually recreated the Goldeneye menu screen in Banjo Kazooie, and you can wow. like, scroll through like the briefing and stuff. It's just oh wow. Really clever. So yeah, there's got some the Bond theme stuff. played with the banjo. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's and that's the thing. It's like the James Bond or the Goldeneye soundtrack. So you, it's like dam and facility are the the levels that are recreated, and it it's playing the soundtracks, but with the banjo kazooie sound font, and it just <laughs> it sounds so good. It's it's just amazing. So so yeah, no, I, I try to play um, those mods and things because you know. And and I always play them on original uh, hardware as well because I think that's the novelty of it. But but equally, you know, having it getting hold of an EverDrive and things, it's, it's not cheap. So I think it's quite fun to do a stream so that people who don't have you know that they have the equipment or you know don't even have an N64 anymore can kind of in, still get to enjoy it and enjoy it through me, I guess, because I get to enjoy it. So <laughs> yeah, and it's it's something like you said, it's like not something that's really accessible. So it's uh. So there's a reason for people to come watch you play it because yeah, there's a good chance that they they can't even don't even have a way to play it. It's not even just like a game that you can't find, or it's just like it's 
such a it's so niche for what <laughs> what it is, you know, like uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. incredibly so. Um, yeah. yeah it's 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 wonderful because you i always kind of get a kick out of like you know it's like oh i'm playing this mod and i'm probably one of like a few hundred people in the world that have probably played it or something you know and that's not always i mean some of the more popular ones do get like thousands and thousands of players but it's a couple of really random ones out there which no one's ever heard of and probably will ever play but just the fact that you get to play it and experience it is quite interesting Super cool. And yeah, I'll put I'll put a link on the description here so everybody can find it. But yeah, definitely check it out and check out uh, N64 today. When we were talking about Conquer earlier, I just did a search on Conquer's Bad Fur Day expansion pack, and you were the very first thing to come up, and that's pretty awesome. On, 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 on Google, the very first thing at the top here is N64 today says Conquer's Bad Fur Day does not use an expansion pack. <laughs> so, nice. so there you go. Nice. <laughs> we went right to the source. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. good. That that makes me look good. Um, I probably say a lot of <laughs> stuff during the podcast that was wrong, but if we can just all remember that bit at the end, <laughs> uh, my credentials are safe and sound. Sure, sure. Your legacy, and uh, if and also if you if you want to follow us in the world of uh, Twitch, I've I've been trying to you know ever since the pandemic, I've started to be more regular about it as well. Uh, I stream, you know, I stream late at night. Also, I feel like any time you can stream is the time you should stream. You know, it doesn't really matter whether it's in the daytime or the afternoon or whatever. So I stream at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night. And uh, I'll be, I'll probably be playing uh, Apex Legends for sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'll do over the weekend yet, but I've just been kind of moving around now that I finally finished Conquer. We'll see what's next, but yeah, check that out. I've been trying to change the schedule and you can see what I've been playing and I'll, or what I'll be playing in the future and all that stuff. And of course uh, on Twitter, uh, Jeremy and I were, there is a Nintendo underscore domain and at JMAX stack and, Nintendo and was it N64 today is is your handle right for Twitter so you can you can find that there uh, also nintendomainpodcast.com uh youtube.com/nintendomainpodcast we almost have 300 followers on Nintendo on our Nintendo Main Podcast YouTube so go follow there and maybe we'll hit 300 soon enough we're getting we're getting pretty close i think it's like 280 something also um if you like the show and you want to help us out and you want to support us patreon.com/nintendomainpodcast is where you can support the show and if you donate it just as little as a dollar a month you can get bonus episodes we have a new one that'll be up this week about our favorite uh side Zelda characters which will definitely be out and in, in uh well it'll be out by the time this is out it'll already be out so you'll get instant, instant access to that and 30 other bonus episodes that we've done that are only they're behind the paywall there plus if you like give an extra give like five dollars you can see our behind the scenes videos of us trying to figure out the internet and stuff like that if you want to see more of this videos of us like you know see and and sometimes like tw- over 20 minutes of this gets cut so you'll get to see like a lot of the extra stuff if you want to get the whole package you can watch it there and uh it's, it works for both of the shows like nintendo main and how is it now we do like a week early uh video recording that you can watch behind the season on that and uh yeah that's the other podcast that i have with jess where we talk about old movies and how they are now i just put up the cabaret episode with liza minnelli today that's a pretty fun movie so Go back and watch that and listen to that. But yeah, we've been we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Mikowski. John Litter. And our special guest. Martin Watts from N64 today. And thanks everybody for listening to us. We will see you next week. Play some conquer.
me, 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 me. I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? survive in here you don't seem to know which creek you're in sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear how do you think I keep this lovely grin have some more caviar Like a niggly, tickly, shitty little tag nut When I've knocked you out with all my map I'm going to take your head and ram it off my butt Your butt My butt Your butt That's right, my butt Ugh. My butt Ugh. My butt <laughs> <laughs> oh, Destroy my beautiful flagginess. Oh, I'm going. Oh, ah, no. Ah! <laughs> now that's what I call a bowel movement. Oh, there goes Trigger. I'm right here. Oh, no. I'm here. I can still hear you. Fucking fuck. He was You're just. Gone again, Trey. Fucking gag me with a fucking dick shit.